This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Comic Book Click is on Patreon, guys. For as little as $0.10 cents a day or $3 a month, not only can you help keep the lights on here at Comic Book Click headquarters, but your donation gives you access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries, polls where you can choose what content we cover next, and special behind-the-scenes footage of things here at Comic Book Click. Visit Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse today and become a Patreon. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano aka The Don and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by ComicBookClick.com and as always, I am never alone. Sir, can you please introduce yourself? I am Dan, a very happy comic book man. Dan the comic book man is here to talk some comics but he is not even alone. Other sir, can you please introduce yourself? I am Dave, a.k.a. The Ball Pit, and I am here to just have the best time ever. Uh, Dave, you did such a great time. As a matter of fact, we, we were on <laughs> this podcast talking about the most anticipated films of uh, 2022, and this was high on the list. Um, you, see, you see the title. You see the artwork for this episode. And you know what we're going to talk about. We're here to talk about that Batman movie with Catwoman and Penguin. You know, where they take the Penguin and they just throw him over the bridge and they... Oh, that's a different That's a different Batman pe- Penguin. Oh, no, not that. No, we're not talking that one. Not that no. one. That one had Pee Wee Herman in it. And Pee Wee Herman was once arrested for masturbating in a theater. So I just want to bring oh. all that fully around to talk that's, about that's a great. movie as dark and gritty as that anecdote. Which is the Batman Jesus. from 2022, directed by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson, Rob Bat, Batten, Bat, because we can't call him Bat, like, Rob, bro, good old Rob. Bat. Before any of that, I just want everyone that's listening to this and everyone that is participating with me in this podcast to know that the crowning achievement of the Batman film goes to none other than director of photography himself, Mr. Greg Frazier. Greg Frazier uh-huh. deserves more if not more credit than the own director of this movie because every single shot every panel every framing all the lighting being able to see people's full-on expressions in a nightclub that is all red and green and purple at one point this cinematography he busted his ass to the grindstone in ways that only i've seen in roger deacon's works well it's interesting dan because we were you know, this was always on the schedule to cover. Um, and we were always going to watch this. And, you know, we're both fans of the Nolan series of films. Uh, so this had some big shoes that I had to fill. But we weren't, I wouldn't say we were 100% invested in it. And the reason why I won't say we're 100% invested in it is we had no money on it. There might be somebody not, the only person that might be as invested in this film as Matt Reeves might be our boy Dave here who actually had money on this film earmarking it before it even came out as the best Batman movie uh, to exist. Now you've seen the film, Dave. I know the entire time you were biting your nails at the edge of your seat. Do you think that you might be winning in that category? Do you think that this is the best Batman movie to exist? Yes. Hands down, no question about it. 
was this something that you had to wrestle with after the fact or are you watching it going this nah this is it <laughs> so you and i had talked before i went to go see it and you said it's very detective-y you know shit like that mm-hmm. and i was like okay cool it's gonna be like a, a detective film but it's gonna be based around batman it's gonna be great so i go in it opens up he's reading his detective memoirs yeah his journal and that right there hooked me hook line and sinker i'm sold on this movie period also oh, this for, movie for me, really it was it, it was the as soon as it opened we got the same exact uh font size as joker oh the big same old, yes. <laughs> the big old it just yes the entire screen just says the batman in red and then you just have this shot from inside of of um What's it called? Of, of night vision goggles, of, of yeah. uh, magnifying goggles or whatever. And you hear that labored breathing. The, my man the had asthma. Cam of <laughs> oh, my. Nah, but I, I'm going to chalk that up to the asbestos in the in the orphanage because odds are, man. Gotham, lead. Oh, lead I, paint. We saw what those all, uh, all what up and those down. orphanages look like. Very bad. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, this this had to do a lot to be considered the best. I know people are still arguing where it sits on their rankings, but... Um, an absolutely terrific entry into the Batman uh, mythos as far as cinematic entries are concerned. And we're going to sit and dive into the entire film, the plot, uh, stopping at our favorite moments and our moments of insight. Um, I thought that, me personally, without spoilers up front, I thought that this film was very, very well done. I have a, I have a slight issue putting it above Dark Knight personally because of my romantic feelings about that film. Um, and we'll get to cer- certain ways in which this, I feel like, improves upon it. But I think, in my opinion, this is going to be the better Batman Begins for quite possibly the best Batman movie. Like, you know, like this did a lot of the groundwork. No, I, you know what? You actually raise a good point there. It's like, well, I was sitting in theaters, and at the exact moment I started questioning if this was better than The Dark Knight was during the chase scene with Penguin. <sighs> and I'll, I'll never... It, 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 it started... When all you hear is, <laughs> and you're like looking, and you can't see shit but a black screen, and then all of a sudden the red just peeks out of the shadow, and then mm-hmm. it, you get this, you get this a uh, profile shot at the side of the Batmobile, and then the bat, bro, it, this is nothing more than than a young twenty year old with a lot of money that said, "What would be the coolest car to drive?" I know an 83 <laughs> Challenger with a damn jet engine. Cause that's yeah. all you see is the back is like this jet engine and it goes blue. And and the entire st- the theater like lights up in this just teal blue. And this I'm is going to feel like, like a, this is going to feel like a weird comparison, but you know what that, what that vehicle invoked for me, it invoked Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Like this, just angry thing, yeah. just spurting out energy from the sides of it. Like okay, maybe no, it's not 100% a hundred percent safe. It's the like, maybe it's not a hundred percent fucking. Like maybe it's not a hundred percent safe. Maybe it's not a hundred percent. You know, by the code. But this is this man's vehicle. Like this is how he. This but, is how he want to no, roll. One hundred percent. He took a race car. He took an actual NASCAR and put a jet engine on the sucker and he's doing this jet engine it's the it's the way his facial expressions were at each turn how each turn was like you can tell he's bashing his shoulder into the side of the car and i'm just like bro is this better than dark knight no you know what i can't even compare this to dark knight because the thing about dark knight is this was an this was a truly established batman this is a batman that knew what his purpose was 
where he was going to go with this. He had no end game in mind, but he knew what he was about. This was a Batman that you had to wait two hours and 45 minutes for him to figure out what he truly has to be. So as far as origin, not really origins, I guess a cheat of an origin, but as far as a beginning tale to Batman, hands down blows Batman begins out the water by three and a half miles. I'm not even sure if we've ever had a Batman um, movie portray that he might be doing things wrong. That there might be another way to do the things. Like Batman, I think well, one Batman of the... Batman versus Superman, kind of. But but he damn near murdered an alien to figure that out. Like he de- he had an alien dead to rights no, before, before he ever true. figured out anything. I, I feel like um, Batman's main criticism that you hear from other people, he's kind of getting into the Superman realm of like can do anything, can outthink anything, therefore Plot is, armor, yeah, therefore is Im- impenetrable. But seeing this Batman not only fail, but like get hurt, I think this is a Batman movie where Batman passes out several times <laughs> out of pain. No, one of my favorite moments <laughs> in all of live action Batman truly is when he was, after he punches Jim Gordon and he's running up onto the roof, he stops right at the ledge and he's like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, he's scared. Yeah, he's not he like, I got scared. this. He was, he he was he like, oh, jumped. shit. <laughs> Even in Batman Begins, after he after he uh, interrogates Gordon in Batman Begins, he just jumps from rooftop to rooftop without a care in the world. He yeah. failed and he fell, but he jumped without fear. This was a Batman that literally like, whoa, what the hell am I doing? Like, like I don't want to die here. Like, it's great. No, it was had- great to see this kind of Batman. We, uh, everyone knew, you know, um, I guess let's get some homework out of the way. Uh, like I said, Batman 2022, uh, superhero film, uh, directed by Matt Reeves, a uh, screenplay by Peter Craig. Uh, like we said, it starred Robin Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro, Peter Sarsgaard, Andy Serkis, and Colin Farrell. I'm looking through that list, and I think everyone but possibly Paul Dano and John Turturro has been in a comic book something or other. Uh, uh, and yes, Satoru yes, was right. in Transformers, which is kind of like adjacent, right? If you're talking about being in pop culture media in general, yeah, John yeah. Totoro is used to the pop culture movie highlight. But as far as comic book goes, then yeah, it's only Paul Dano and John Totoro that are on the outside because Zoe Kravitz was in X Men First Class, uh, Colin Farrell was uh, Bullseye, yep. freaking yep. Jeffrey Wright is the Watcher. Yep. Uh, Peter Skarsgård is is the damn um, what's his name? Hector Hammond. H- Hector Hammond did uh, Green Lantern. He gets his head all big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think so he just unlocked some bad memories for Dave over there. <laughs> Dave. So Taika Watiti's in that, bro. It doesn't matter. It's so bad. <laughs> Taiko, come on, man. Taika Watiti. No, he's uh, great. Green Lantern was awful. Dave, give your people, give the people a, 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 your spoiler-free review of this before we get deep into all the all the stuff. Man, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> um, I will it. say this: if you if you like Saw, if you like Seven, if you like if you like Lucky Number Seven, even. Oh my God! Thank you for pulling that out for me. Thank you. Those I three movies. You for knowing that movie. And if you, of course, like Batman. That that makes this sense. Is yeah, if you, if you like too, <laughs> this is the movie for you. If you like Batman too, this is the movie for you. Yeah, that yeah. if you got three hours to fucking kill. That this true. is the movie for you. You're gonna love it. I haven't heard a bad thing said about this except one dipshit on TikTok. He said it wasn't funny enough. Yeah, no, it's not supposed to be funny. 
because yes. because people because people grew up with with, with the, the the 66 Adam West all of a sudden. I don't know how every single 20 and 30 year old grew up with the 60s Adam West all of a sudden, but there's a few takes that I've seen where it's like since when has Batman been so grittier? I'm tired of Batman being gritty. Why can't he go back to how he used to be? And blah, 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 blah. I Read want, a I fucking want... comic and you'll see how he is. <laughs> everybody, everybody wants James Bond in a bat suit. That's the problem. I've yeah. been, I've, um, you know, I've been listening to like all of this. Part of it, I feel like is like, you know, if, if, like, it, like this thing is a masterpiece, regardless of whether or not you want to put it on the top of your list or not. I think that this is a visual and storytelling masterpiece. And I don't discredit anyone who didn't like it, but those who are going a little bit above and beyond, it feels like it's for a contrarian's bit of attention. Because everyone's going yeah, swimming you're, one you're way. On the money. So you see somebody swimming the other way, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna, where's that guy going? I want to follow him. And he's giving a voice to those. There might be those who kind of don't like it, but he's giving them that voice. And so it, it becomes this weird thing that the more people champion it, if you didn't like it, you start to dig your heels a little bit more. And then he creates a voice for that of saying, oh, well, maybe it wasn't all that great. And next thing you know, you know, well, he's a fucking idiot. I, 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 there's two sides of this of this argument of, of who I can believe and who I just I, I can't just look at with respect. And anybody that goes into this movie that never actually read a Batman comic, never truly grew up with the cartoons or or any of the stuff besides like, you know, the Schumacher Batmans. If your favorite mm. Batman movie is Batman Forever. Sorry, you're gonna hate it, and you just have to accept that anybody that loves Batman Forever, like truly, this is my favorite Batman movie, is gonna hate this movie. Anybody that doesn't like noir and and crime dramas and cop thrillers, they're not gonna like this. But the but the people that that have the gold, the unmitigated gold to say the guy from Twilight is Batman, I cannot take those things here, George. Oh yeah, we're past you that. We should be past have, that. We have to have. We we ha we have it on recording. I can't remember the episode, but when we first found out Robert Pattinson was casted as Batman, we were both live on the air together. Okay. I'll never forget. We were live on the air, and you got the news that Robert Pattinson was casted as Batman, and you had to stop what we were talking about to mention it on air. And I told all of the fans three years ago, just like I'm going to tell you now, watch Good Time. Watch The Lighthouse. Watch I suggest, yeah. Good Map Times actually, stars, I was going to say Good Time is free, but it's on Netflix. Is, you know what that means? You know, like if you have Netflix, you yeah, can watch but, it for free. Like, look, look. If you Devil all the time, bro. Devil all the time. Have you seen Devil all the time? It, I have. Okay, really More good. More Netflix stuff. And Tom Holland. Like, like, if you just took the time. <laughs> Tom Holland. If you just took the time to just watch <laughs> I will. I I have to admit, since you guys are going on this 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 rampage about how great Robert Pattinson is, I have oh, to I've admit. Been on Pattinson, I've been Pattinson pro since the beginning. No, and 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 that's great. The only thing I've ever actually seen him in was was the Twilight movies. Right. But I went on record when the first trailer dropped, and I saw him as Batman. George, you were there when I said it. This is going to be the greatest live action Batman movie. Dude, George we have was today. there when I said it to him too, because yeah. I watched the very first DC fandom trailer of 2020 with him in his house. And I looked yep. at him like, yo, this is this is hands down going to be the greatest Batman movie ever. Yep. This is gonna be the greatest portrayal of Batman ever. And I know I'm right. I know. I I'm mean, right. we had 1989, right? 1989, when when Michael Keaton was casted, everyone was calling him Mr. Mom. And then you fast forward about 15 years later, and Heath Ledger's cast as Joker, and everyone's like the Brokeback Mountain dude. You know, yeah. like I, at that point, I've now I, like you could tell me 
um, Scarlett Johansson is going to play Batman. And I'm just going to be like, we have to see. All right, guys, we have to <laughs> see it through. Who knows? It might be good. 100%. Because, because we're, no, you but know, there was legit actual petitions back in 88 where people were signing at the hate ready mail. to get rid they were of sending him hate Batman. mail. Yeah, the Warner Brothers got record numbers of hate mail of like, you can't make this guy Batman. No Please, one wanted the guy do. from Beetlejuice. <laughs> Nobody wanted Beetlejuice to play Batman. Yeah. And uh, yeah, look know, at him now, you fucking morons. Exactly. He's back in the flash of all things. Like, he's literally back wearing the cowl. Like, no, no but not only, not, not only back, but people wanted him back. The same people that probably didn't want him in the first place, fucking which goes idiots. to show. Fairweather fans. It was Mike Jones, right? Back then, they didn't want me. Now Mike, hot. They all Mike on me. Jones. That's it. Mike Jones. Dan, give these, people, give these people your spoiler-free review. My spoiler-free review is this. About 15 minutes into this movie, I was at, grinning ear to ear with tears rolling down my cheek. By mm -hmm. an hour into this movie... I was literally moving from sitting down comfortably to upright. No, at the legit, I cannot lie to any of you. For I would say about three-fourths of this movie was me moving between trying to sit comfortably and enjoy myself and having to sit upright for 30 to 40 <laughs> minutes because I, I was at the edge of my seat. We were. I looked at my phone because my movie started at 310. So at about, I would say, 4.45 in the afternoon, I take out my phone to look at the time, and I'm like, holy shit. I don't know. I don't know how this movie's going to end. I don't know right. how this, third, this final <laughs> climax. Yeah, we were, we, were the, we were at the middle of the film, and I'm like, I don't know where this movie can possibly go, but everywhere it's going to go is going to be amazing. And by penguins, by the penguin chase scene that we've all seen in the trailer, I'm like, is this better than Dark Knight because truly I think this might be I, I, I will go on record this is the best live action Batman we have ever gotten this is the best looking live action Batman from jaw to voice to the fact that he took off the cowl and we get the damn eyeliner I will never I won't forget the fact that as soon as I heard the internal monologue I thought of you George I'm like oh my god this that's dude, all I've been bitching about us. I've been no, pitching about that literally. shit for years. <laughs> once, once we got the internal monologue, I knew George is George is gonna gonna, gonna put this above the, than he thought he was going to. He's gonna put it higher than he thought he was because this is the only live action Batman to a not kill by his own hands and b have an internal monologue. It's weird, right? Because like I have all these weird qualifiers. Like there's a bunch of awards I want to give it, but they're so niche. Like this is probably hands down the best first swing at a Batman character. You know, when you look across the board, when you look First at swing, right? 89, yes. yeah, when you look at 89, when you look at Batman Begins, when you look at even BVS, like, I think that this um, knocks it out of the park in the ways that the other ones almost feel like bunts. Like, they almost played it too safe in the, those other introductions. This is definitely... A nice little ground rule double, yeah. Yeah, this is definitely how Matt Reeves wants to do it, and he's been almost unapologetic about it throughout. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, one of the biggest things people were talking about before they seen the film was the runtime. I'm kind of glad they let that out, because I think I would have been mad watching. Like, I would have been like, wait, wait, what's going on? I thought this movie was over. Not that I didn't like it, but it, it, there is a denseness to this film that you have to be ready for. It has to be in your mind that you're ready to watch this. Because if you think you're going in to watch a popcorn flick, it's, it's not one of those things. And um, Yogi, uh, you know, another one of the co-hosts of this podcast, I think he put it the best in which he said that um, 
modern media has made a lot of money portraying Batman as an action hero, when in actuality, he's supposed to be more of a detective and a noir character. Um, they went action once and they never steered away. They figured that that's the best portrayal. And while he does have kick-ass action scenes, you have more time um, you know, hearing the inner monologue or watching him try to decipher a case. There's more of that in the comics than there is the big punch em ups and stuff, or the even car chases. When's the last time you've seen a car chase in a Batman comic, Dan? It don't uh, really, it's, it's not really, it happens, but it's not, you know. No, <laughs> the last time I saw, because I, I know I can't go timeline wise, like, oh, it was in 2020. Right. No, the last time I personally read a Batman comic that had a car chase scene wasn't even a Batman comic. It was, uh, what's his, it was Brian Azzarello's Joker. Right. And it was right. at the end. Right, and that's what because he All can't be doing that every book. day. He can't be doing high speed car crashes. Also, also, Sean, Mur day, Sean Murphy's White Knight did open to a car chase, but that was like a flashback car chase yeah. for like two pages in a but, in a universe that can't stand. Right, like it won't it won't last yeah. past his what ifs because that's what what ifs are intended to do. Fuck and up no, the I need you guys to correct me if, if, if I'm wrong on this because I, I hey, hate hate mail towards sure. Dan the comic band people. Send all your hate mail. Well, <laughs> well, first, th thank you for th thank you for bringing up the runtime because I just want to I just want everyone to know I did not feel the runtime at all in okay. this movie at all. Like, like yes, I kept looking at my time, wondering how long it's been going for. But as far as looking at my time, like, oh, is this the 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 runtime? I didn't feel at all. But also, as far as oh, you know, what I did I just forget what because I know I had so I know I had something important to say. But hold on to, to that. Hold on to that thought, Dave. You were saying something about the runtime. I feel like you want to make a comment. So I yeah, talked to you on the comment. phone after this, after I saw the movie, and I, I have a, I have a habit of just looking at my phone. Just, just I, I've, I've become obsessed with it. Instinct. Uh, yeah, it's the instinct. Like I'm okay. It's been an hour. I'm gonna check my phone. I checked. My, I, I sat down. I put my phone on do not disturb. The movie started. I checked my phone, and my movie started at eleven thirty in the morning. I checked my phone. It was one fifty three p.m. <laughs> when I first looked and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. And I still got the rest of this act to go. Like, what the hell? Time yeah. flew. I, it did not feel like a three hour movie to me. It's going to feel like a three hour movie to some. Yeah. It did yeah. not feel like it to me. I honestly felt like I was watching an hour and a half long movie, but really I'd already been there for over two hours, almost three at that point. <laughs> yeah, and I was no, just like, what, what, yeah. what the fuck? Got to you. Got to see it through at that point. And I, you know, I'm very particular. Like I thought Rises was long. You know, like I, I, I will be the one to be no, like, but that's felt, no, that's, that's a bit long. We did not need to be in that part. Um, but I felt like with this film, um, and we'll get into it in a second. Um, but like that, the what the fate of Carmine Falcone at the end of this film oh. feels feels like a third act. It feels like the closing right. of the film, and it's and not so, even the third no. act. That's the beauty. No, it's an it was additional half an hour to 45 act. minutes. Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's when I looked right, at my no, phone. You're, you're right I was like, wait a minute? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Carmine, Carmine Falcone's death is what starts the the, the climax. That's it. Yeah. Once he dies, the rest is the climax. Because then you still got chasing the Riddler. And then figure out what his final plan is. And, and then talking to him. Now, I remember what I had to say. Guys, correct me if, if I'm wrong. Is this the only live-action Batman movie to actually call him the world's greatest detective because i feel like this is the only batman movie to openly say a character to say to him he's the world's greatest detective or you're the world's greatest detective like 
I don't think any other live action Batman movie said the words "world's with, greatest detective." In my recollection, yes, I know they did a spoof on it with the Pete Holmes skits, um, <laughs> where he called himself that. He's like, "I'm the world's greatest detective. I found the clitoris." But <laughs> I believe that is the only live action movie to call him the world's greatest detective, unless they said it in the Adam West movie. I don't maybe, remember I don't, that. Maybe they would. I don't. I don't. I don't see it happening because he wasn't even. He wasn't even in the role of a detective. He was just a campy no. Batman. He was yeah. a superhero. That was it. He was just. I yeah. just call this guy to go fight crime. That's people, and the people are as crazy as him. Yeah, but I feel. I truly feel. Sharks. This is the only live action Batman movie that he has been called the world's greatest detective. Yeah. 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 They're doing a bunch of stuff that has never been done in, in Batman lore, which it, it's equal parts exciting and frustrating. The frustrating part of it is some of this stuff has been in Batman lore for decades and they're just doing it now uh because no one's wanted to take a chance on this character not take a chance in, as far as adapting him but like doing the other stuff that he's been known to do no one seems to want to you know uh mess well, up let me the ask you a question quo. george mm. would you would, would you rather it happen now in your lifetime or live your entire life and never get the internal monologue in a live action film i mean i just think we're in a we're in a period right now of comic book media where we can do things as actualized there's i wouldn't have wanted them to adapt a character like dr strange or scarlet witch in the early 2000s you know what i'm saying because we couldn't no we hell couldn't no hell no. no 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 things we wanted to see the the magic and the way they were able to do things in there we couldn't you know so we're just getting to a point closer and closer where we can um where we can kind of uh, show the things as we intend to show them. So I think that's exciting as well. But let's get fully immersed into this film. We'll be doing a recap and a review. So I'll be going over the details of this film and we'll be pausing to have discussions about how everything gets laid out. Uh, this film is a jigsaw puzzle, if you will, a Rubik's Cube, and it's intended to be that way. Upon a second watch, I've noticed some things here and there. The entire thing is, I think, meant for multiple watches. Um, and one of the things that we had mentioned before is that it takes so much from the neo-noir uh, thrillers and um, even the movie Good Time that we had just referenced. One of the things that they do a lot in that film is they do a lot of close-ups to make you feel claustrophobic. Like you're constantly <laughs> looking at oh, people's so, eyes so much and, claustrophobia. and stuff like that. I feel like there's levels of that here where there's constant close-ups, even in the club, all that kind of stuff. You feel almost suffocated by this dirty, dingy Gotham. But let's get full on into the details of this film. You gentlemen ready? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, let's do this. So, our film starts off with an uncomfortable scene of a man spying on a family interacting on Halloween. This is the family of Mayor Don Mitchell Jr. And when his family takes off to trick-or-treat, our villain, the Riddler, makes himself known by murdering the mayor after he watches highlights of his debate with his political opponent, Bella Royale. How, how are they saying that? Royale. 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 Because the A has the Anya signature. Um, Mitchell is beaten with a carpet tucker, and just like the trailer, the Riddler wraps his head in duct tape. I'm not going to lie. I kind of wanted it as long as it wasn't a trailer. I was, like, waiting to sit there for, like, three minutes of uncomfortable background folly, and all he did was, like, rip the tape once, and I'm like, oh, man, I wanted you to rip that scotch tape at least three times, because in the trailer, when you get the It was, like, four or five, and it almost sounded like it was a clock going. 
Yeah. Yeah, and that was it. And it was also like the DC symbol, the logo was moving every time the yep. tape was making that stretch, stretch, stretch sound. So I was really, really hoping that the stretching was longer, but it wasn't. And I'm like, oh. But that hor- that movie. horror movie review though, watching. Oh uh, my Mitchell god! Yo, my glass. theater scared. My theater screamed. My theater yeah. actually screamed. Yeah, no, my theater screamed because he like moves to the right, and then the thunder goes, and you see him standing there, just standing the there, like, just standing behind Mitchell, breathing in his in his in his uh, army cold weather mask, which I found Jeez. out that's exactly what that is. It's a it's an old army. You could buy it at a like a you know a surplus um, store. Yeah, for about twenty bucks. But um, yeah, he th- and this is all taking place on Halloween night. Um, so a week for the f- long Halloween, yeah, for the first time in history, we get a bit of inner monologue with our Bruce Wayne that tells us it's Thursday, October thirty first. Uh, we've seen how he's created a disguise so he can walk amongst the people and not really be spotted. Um, he admits that two years of nights have turned him into this nocturnal animal. Uh, but with the scope of Gotham, not even he could be everywhere at once. What's interesting is, fortunately for him, the bat signal acts as a warning, uh, creating fear in criminals who think Batman could be hiding anyway. So even though he can't be everywhere at once, he is seemingly still stopping crimes because people think he might be around. <laughs> so they stop what they're doing. And that's doing. what I want to touch on when you were bringing up how like this movie was, was, was like enhancing elements that Nolas gave us in the trilogy. I want yeah. to enhance on that because... I love how Nolan in the beginning of the movie, when the signal goes on, you know, like drug dealers don't want to sell, people are ready to go home, but crime right. is still happening. Right. And in this movie, some guy robs a, a deli. He comes outside, sees the signal, and like stops dead in his tracks and gets hit by a cop car. <laughs> yep. Ironically <laughs> enough. Like mm-hmm. people were looking at the, the way the camera was was staying focused on these alleyways, blackness of alleyways, vast darkness, and just pulling in. Yeah. And then goes to the next scene, and you see an alleyway, and it's just pulling in. Like that was showing this man has clout. Yeah. Two years of doing this, and this man has some serious clout. What do you think about this urban legend, uh, Batman, Dave? So I absolutely loved how they did it. Um, just putting that fear in all the criminals. That was that was a key point for me that just got me hooked more because that's that's how it unfolds for him in in the in the true blue stories of Batman. One thing I did not like about this scene was the signal goes off and then you've got a helicopter spotlighting on criminals and then he moves and then there's the signal behind him. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. I did not like. I thought that was that was a little too cheesy for this movie, but it only lasted for maybe a minute, so I let it go. I guess 100%. it was just a weird like detail. Yeah, it was just a weird detail that yeah. had like the, the bat signal's up. Why do you need you know Yeah, the you didn't need the helicopter. Yeah. Right. But so you- I did I just I, I love that what Daniel was touching on, like, you know, the signals up, they see the signal and then they look and then they just see darkness and they don't know if he's there or not, but they're not going to take the chance and they fucking hightail it out of town. Well, yeah. one thing I have to say about for, for to help that scene that you didn't like a little bit more. Think of it like this. For the entire movie, the cops didn't trust Batman. They didn't like Batman. Anytime he was at a crime scene with Gordon, they're like, yo, come on, you got to add this guy here. So that back signal in the sky was more so like some guy pulling his big dick out and you got to pull your bigger dick out on him. Like, you know, like it was, it was a dick measuring contest that. between the vigilante the and dicks Cop- got them. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It was, a nice, it was a nice little Gotham dick showing contest. Like, but they, but they, 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 they
we're we're seeing how important it is for Batman and his brand to have this fear as a motivator kind of thing. And if you watch Breaking Bad, fear is not an effective motivator. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. not. It only lasts for so long. Um, we're gonna see this Batman choose to change why he does what he does. But at, right here, he lives on the idea that people fear him and that he is the reckoning. He's vengeance, you know, uh, to Gotham. Um, so we then follow a gang as they harass and threaten an innocent train rider. Oh, one of the younger members is told to knock the man out at some sort of initiation. You can kind of tell from his face paint because he only has half his face painted that he's probably a younger. Oh, that's you know, 100% visual direction. That's 100% yeah. visual direction for you to know that he, he's not fully invested in this. That actor is also the actor, Daniel, who played uh, Tim Drake on Titans. I knew. I, I fucking knew <laughs> he looked. For God <laughs> damn it, I'm literally staring at him like, who the hell are you? Like, I didn't take my phone out until we meet Catwoman. I made sure I didn't touch my phone. I wanted to be invested in this. So I'm staring right. at him like, who Just looked are familiar, you? huh? Yeah. His, it was the nose, the jawline, the milk dud skin tone. He looks like eyes. Drake. <laughs> he looks like Drake's little brother. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah what he he's like, like a little young R.B. Graham. So I'm staring at him like, who are you? Be- between the fact of the visual direction and, and so the, you know, I have to bless the costuming department. Forget the fact that the costuming department put him in the two-face makeup so you yeah. don't know if he's like half in the bag or not. The actor, oh, my, thank you for thank you for bringing that up. Thank you for not even telling me yeah. until the podcast. That's how thank we try you. to keep it. We try to, but, <laughs> it's all gotcha journalism <laughs> on the podcast. That's oh, no, yeah, no, David, I mean, we, we, <laughs> me and him had to make sure that we didn't set, like, if we were, if we were going to, we could not not talk about the movie, me and him, but it, we had to make sure any in-depth stuff stayed yeah, we, for we, we, on we, air. Yeah, we tackle here. Um, so uh, what, one of the things I think is so little, but so kind of cool, is that as they're menacing this man on the train, Pattinson's just in the background suiting up. He goes to like a, the back of the train and he's watching them. And then he just. Oh man, Batman on a motorcycle is amazing. Um, so uh, they're, they're, they go to try to do this initiation, but Batman shows up through the shadows to confront them. Cue the I'm vengeance scene we've all seen in the trailers. Uh, it, it's a very brutal interaction with Batman almost acting more like a force of nature than an actual guy. He's just tearing through these people. But he's also getting his ass kicked as well. Uh, what do you guys think of this scene? And do you think it lived up to the trailer shot that we got? Okay, so this is, this is the best Batman. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just say that this is the best Batman fight scene for one reason and one reason only. We stood in frame. There was no choppiness. There was no fast-paced flash mode editing. Like we stood. Every <laughs> like the Arrowverse? <laughs> Where it just, the it's camera's just always you know, shaking. <laughs> I even went back and I watched the Nolan Batman films. And the first time in Batman Begins, when you first meet Batman in the Narrows, you can't see shit for three Batman movies. Unless he's fighting Bane, specifically. Even when he was fighting Ra's al Ghul on the ice, when he was training in Nandapar Bat, most of it was these flashy up-close shots of the blades connecting and the feet sliding on the ice to let you know the uncomfortable balance. This was a Batman movie that stood in frame and focus. I saw every hit. I heard every bone snap. I was I, I was moving in my seat. Like, oh my god, this is even this is even worse than in than in the trailer. <laughs> what about you, Dave? So I was already hooked when he did the internal monologue with his detective memoirs. That mm-hmm. right there hooked me because I love those types of movies. So Seven is one of my favorite movies of all time. 
this scene where he just comes out and he asks him the question, who are you supposed to be? And then he doesn't say anything and he walks up and just goes to hit him and just gets fucking rocked. Yeah. And then you just see him keep going and then he just looks up and then he says it. It's like, I'm your fucking daddy. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here or I'm going to fuck you all up. And then he fucked them all up. And like, it was, it was so beautifully done and it showed the level of brutality that this Batman has because he's going around this whole movie saying he's vengeance mm-hmm. and we'll get to how that changes later on. But he's, he's been going around for these two years saying he's vengeance and he's acting every move in a vengeful manner. And you can yeah. tell just by that fight scene. Yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent. And I think um, also, I think it, it needs to be noted that he wasn't. This isn't a Batman that was trained by Ra's al Ghul. This isn't a Batman that did because even in the, even in the Schumacher and the Burton films, he's known to being like a black belt in karate and all that. Yeah. He took classes. This yeah. was a Batman trained by Alfred, military right. specialist Alfred. My man, Gorilla Jungle, getting strapped into Vietnam with a knife and a book of matches. <laughs> the, SA, the, SA, like, the SAS, baby. <laughs> That's no, it out for, there. Yeah, for real. This was this was an Alfred that wasn't trained to dis to disassemble you. He was trained to literally eviscerate you. Like he um in, in this, and I, it might have just been my ears, but when he's walking towards them and they have that lower shot of his boots, you could almost, or maybe it's just the visual uh storytelling that I started to hear something that probably wasn't there. You could almost hear spurs. It feels like a sheriff. You can't know. Walking no, in. The reason why you hear Spurs is because that the the net that uh pouch in his leg. That's what holds the his grappling uh, hook or whatever. Up. Yeah, yeah. No. And so I'm the, like, I'm like, so this feels a, like a cowboy like coming in. You know, like the badass cowboy coming in. Uh, and they're adding some fucking wired herb to this bitch. Yeah. Matt Reeves took so much influence from not only like the '40s neo noirs, but like the '60s spaghetti westerns. You had some some nice like '80s martial arts action in here. You. There was 90s crime dramas, like, like Dave was saying, with Seven, Zodiac. Like, there was literally, this was like, it, it's cinema caviar to me. Because you yeah. took some of the greatest genres in film history and put it to one of the greatest comic book characters in, in, in history. You just, you, you added gold to silver and, and made something amazing. Which isn't easy to do with a character that's been around for so long. Um, and then the other thing, the other shot um, is like, and it's it's such a small shot, but the eye line of the criminals rising as he gets up from that beaten oh up my God, guy, yes. and it's shot from behind. It's almost like him facing off against Gotham, like him st- choosing to stand up against these other guys. It's it's so artistic. It's funny because I actually look at it as different as him already. He was already stand. It's like he was already standing to mm. me, and I see like. The, the, the criminals is like the way the camera was moving it's like the criminals were moving and the he was standing still as almost as crime he's the uh uses. constant yes he's the he's immovable the... object with the unstoppable force of crime yep and that damn car but we'll talk about that in a second seeing the bad signal he heads to the mayor's crime scene and he aids our boy jeffrey wright james gordon in, in his investigation but that's something that the rest of the GCPD does not like. When they discover a card left for Batman, Gordon is berated by his superior over working alongside Batman at all, suggesting that the vigilante might actually be in on all of it. 
As he goes to leave Bat as he goes to leave, Batman locks eyes with Mitchell's son and sees the look of a child who lost his father to senseless violence, just like him. Um Bruce spies on the police press conference before heading back to his cave. And then using high-tech contact lenses with built-in cameras, Bruce goes over the crime scene again. Um, a lot, I, a lot to like talk about here. here. But once again, it keeps enhancing all of the elements that was given to, 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 to Nolan's films, like you were saying, because just like the, the little boy, little Joffrey, King Joffrey and Batman Begins, that was having to hear senseless violence coming from the people that should be loving him most, and Batman was there to comfort him with a gadget, Mm-hmm. Just, just like in the, the Dark Knight, where a lot of the cops are like, Jim, you know, why is this guy here? You know, like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be touching that. You're going to tamper with evidence. Like, it keeps enhancing. There's so there's this felt truly like someone that that was influenced by the Dark Knight in a way that most people that take things from the Dark Knight don't understand what they're taking from the Dark Knight. This is my problem when comic books go too gritty, not because they're not supposed to, not because. You know, the character isn't gritty, but because the, the filmmakers and the writers and the studios don't understand what kind of grittiness made The Dark Knight the greatest comic book movie of all time. It doesn't serve like, a purpose. understood it. Exactly. They just they just do it. They, they just do it because they saw somebody else do it and it worked. So they and do they it and it doesn't the money, solve a purpose. They want the box office. They want the praise and all of this. But no one understood what made The Dark Knight The Dark Knight. And Matt Reeves understood. He understood the assignment, as the young kids like to say. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder if there's even a little bit of meta commentary here. When Batman looks at this child, it's not like necessarily the child's looking back at him like, oh my God, there's a protector. You know, he, Batman's whole aesthetic is to scare people. So he's looking at this kid like, oh my God, poor kid. And this kid's looking like, who the fuck? Like, there's a fucking Batman. <laughs> a man dressed up like a bat here. No, this that might kid be didn't the understand beginning. what was going on at all. Right. That's what I'm saying. This might be the beginning of him being like, maybe I should not, <laughs> you know, just be this fucking terrorizing person to everyone. Maybe just to the villains, and which I think is pretty cool. Who gets the bat eyebrows, the bat nipples, and the bat ass? Oh, there you go. Uh, Dave, yeah. what do you think about Batman? At the interrogation scene, not the interrogation scene, the investigation scene. Well, um, you br- you brought up a point about him, you know, not wanting to looking at the kid and not wanting to be this terrorizing, you know, figure. Mm-hmm. If you go back to the fight scene we previously talked about, at the end of it, the old man was laying on the ground and he looked at him and said, "Please don't hurt me." Right. Oh yeah. Not just villains yeah, feared right. him. Not just criminals. The regular citizens feared him. Right. People so Gotham, I can see Gotham fear the Batman, yeah. I and, and I can see how that kid was just like looking at him, like, "Oh, you're that guy." All right, yeah. fuck. Right, like, right. <laughs> you know, um, I think this. I think this whole scene in in the the crime scene was was very well done. Um, it gave a good it gave a good picture of everything. And, and one of my favorite moments, and it was it was a comedic moment. And it was perfect timing too because it was very very straightforward he's walking in everybody's like what the fuck's this guy doing here and he stands in front of the body and then the forensics investigator goes to walk around to point something out to jim gordon and he just like kind of looks at him and, and batman he, don't move batman doesn't he move doesn't move <laughs> oh yeah he's like he just moves around like tiptoes around and he's <laughs> like, like bumps up against him like wall. oh huh yeah huh you're not gonna move <laughs> and i think and i think and i might be wrong he either said excuse me or he said sorry like he was in yeah, his I, I, way. I'll like I'll go both because in my head, I think it, it makes sense that he would say either or. 
yeah. He yeah. said something of a courteous manner, like a right, right, yeah. It it was either one of those, and I can't remember which one, but it was just so funny to me because it just played into this image that we're now supposed to have of what the Batman is. Yeah, and then he goes and and they they do their investigation. And they hands him the card, and like Batman is shocked that there's a there's a card to him, right? And and then the uh, the commissioner, I can't remember what his name was, Savage. He walks in, and he's and he's just like irate over the fact that Batman's flipping there, out. Which I what totally get it. In here? Why are you in here? Have him in here. He's, he could be one of them. He could be the son of a bitch that killed him. Like, I, it was actually it. It plays to that neo noir hard ass straight laced boss. That's mm-hmm. like he's like the by the book type. You can tell that this commissioner wasn't dirty. Like there was just something about the way he was moving that. It just but was, the thing, but no. But the thing is, what, that, what it actually I makes more sense because he's on the take. Yeah, he sells drugs, or he at least is allowing drugs to be sold. Um, so we find out that he might also not want people on this trail because it will lead to him and the, ar- the potential oh, uh, corruption no, that, of the that, old GCPD. Well, they did make the point that once Fal- once Maroney went away, Falcone got the got the city on some kingpin shit. So yeah, yeah, we'll get into that in a bit. But um, but but yeah, uh, the way that the way they did the scene was just just it was perfect for what they were going for. It, it hit the mark. It hit every oh, mark. One that of they the were... best parts about the scene was the fact that Batman had like three words. It was yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> that was it. Like, every, like he was just standing. Like he was not saying a word. They would ask uh, Jim Gordon would ask him a question. He was like silent for like two seconds in comfortableness. He goes, "No." And the best part, yeah. the best part of this whole exchange was when Jim was talking to the commissioner, and then he just blurts out the answer to the riddle. Yeah, still lies. Yeah, he, still he lies, lies still. He lies still. He lies still. <laughs> What are you I, I talking about? You both, the uh, answer uh, to the uh, riddle. Your, your opinion yeah. and your perspective. How do you guys feel about the voice? And then I'll go last. I'm going to hear both. Batman? The Batman voice? Yes. How I do think you it works. feel about Pattinson doing the Batman voice? Perfect. It was perfect. That is the that is how I've always wanted the Batman voice to go. Christian Bale overdid it. I enjoyed Ben Affleck's, but it yeah, was yeah. it was used with a device. Right. No, the, I don't like the robo voice module. I don't. Truly. Because he sounds like a Snapchat filter. He sounds like a TikTok filter. He's a Batman and Batman in Auto Tune. Yo, no, yeah, literally, yeah. it was like the worst Auto Tune <laughs> ever. And and Bale, and you know what it was? Is I didn't mind Bale my entire time of these movies existing until I got to my mid twenties, and all of a sudden, Bale's voice became a joke to the fact that Pete Holmes has how many specials of oh, like nine. Batman with his damn with with that damn voice. Where are the other drugs going? Like, you know, everybody wants to make fun of the voice. And I didn't care until I started realizing, oh, my God, there are moments where his lips are, like, overextended. And he's like, this city just showed you a trait to believe in good. Like, oh, my God, this is kind of bad. It was I think way it hands down the best voice. I think it's it also works Batman because we we, we heard we heard Bruce's voice first, and I think that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the way the voice mm-hmm. he uses for Bruce Wayne is a darker, more reserved voice, so his Batman voice isn't too different from the already, already low octave. That is that actually what I've, the only complaint I've heard. The only complaint I heard from uh, from my from a friend of mine personally is that Batman shouldn't have the same. Batman and Bruce Wayne shouldn't have the same voice. Batman I feel like I feel like Keaton voices. had this kind of the same voice. He just lowered it a bit. And Conroy uses kind of the same voice for Bruce and Conroy. And, no, but that's my Bats. problem. Conroy always had the same voice. Yeah, he it, just, just like, darkened the, the, it a little bit. 
Hey, you got a little bit of baritone, but most of the time, Conroy outside the suit and inside the suit sound sound the same. Most of the time in the animated Batman, like uh, Bruce Greenwood didn't change his voice. Right. And uh, now we Peter have this. Weller didn't change his voice. We go from having like this, like you said, like a vocorder kind of weird voice changing module to this high tech contact lenses that we've never seen before. Uh, what a huge oh, the, the, addition the to bat bat tech, and it makes so much sense. Bat it eyes. makes so much sense that he would have these things. I don't know if these things actually exist. I know Google Glass was a thing for a second, so I'm assuming we're not too far from the creation of these. Oh, we are uh, not far away from contact lenses. That camera contacts, ever. not at all. Um, these were so dope. These were so dope. Yeah, they were, and he go. Th this allows the introspection and the investigation that he's able to do. Because if you're able to see things multiple times, it allows you to be able to see things that you didn't see the first time. Which goes oh, him to show going, being, being able to rewind yeah. and fast forward plays one hundred percent into him being the detective version of the Batman. Right, but also you know what it reminded me of okay. the history of you in Black Mirror. Yes! Oh my God! Goddamn Toby Kettle! Goddamn Toby um, Kettle! But um it this would also lead to obsession right if you can constantly <laughs> replay, and go back, replay and go back this would lead to an obsession and somebody is not really kind of feeling how he's living his life alfred comes down for the first time andy circus and he seems genuinely concerned with bruce and his recklessness and complete dedication to this one man war on crime and when he tries to even protest a bit, Bruce instantly tells him that he's not his father. And that hurt me. Anyone, anyone? Yeah, that, that was. That was some Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 1 bullcrap. Like, hey, you're not do... my dad. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was like, come on, You're bro. not my like, dad. Yeah, no, that was some, I'm slamming the room. Like, shut up, get out of my room. Like, no, and, and, then, was... and then right after that, they solve puzzles together. They're solving the written <laughs> thing together. <laughs> yeah. the whole, no, yeah. we're credited to Alfred solved that whole sucker except for a couple of letters that they had to figure out together. He did Alfred like a morning crossroad, crossword with his with his breakfast. Like he just sat, sat no, and no, did he this was reverse. literally drinking like some English tea with some you know, like like crumpets or whatever. Like I don't mean to be mean. Fucking Battinson walks up and he's like, "There's fresh berries over there." Like which that was, which also yeah, that feels was like <laughs> that also feels like how you feed a bat. Like that feels like <laughs> you would just is, give a, no, you would have a handful that of is berries. How you feed a bat. Be like here, sir. <laughs> Like, just like give, I, give a bat raspberries and they'll like, be good. I, he's like, I see you, bro. I see what you're trying to go for. Okay, you don't want to eat. Here's some berries, bro. You understand? Okay. <laughs> Question. Even though we didn't yeah. see the entrance, I think this is the only Batman movie that, like, the Batman iteration that we have not seen an actual entrance to the Batcave. What did you guys think about it being an underground abandoned subway? So he did not. That was dope for me. He, so I, I love that it's a bat cave under construction. Yeah. Um, so we nice, we, nice way to look at it. We saw the, we saw the tunnel going in there. Um, but the, I'm glad you said that because I thought you were going somewhere else with it. I just noticed we don't see an entrance to Wayne Manor either. No, 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 not no to my recollection. The There's no opening of the door. Yeah. No. Cause I think it's to reserve that mystery. Like, you know, cause especially with neo-noir filmmaking, there was more, location than establishing shots you never really got establishing shots in old movies it wasn't until like the 50s 60s when you could do stuff like that with westerns with ben right. Hur and lawrence lawrence of arabia that you were able to get establishing shots right so there was not really much establishing shots of where batman lived and i think that goes towards the recluseness of him i think we i think he we saw like the audience to know 
I think we saw like three or four rooms in Wayne Manor, and one of them was the uh, his dad's old study. One of them was where the dining area where he pushed the table out of the way and spray painted all the stuff on the floor. And then the Bat Cave, and I think we might have seen a, a foyer somewhere, but we never saw. No, I, that's what I'm about to say. I, I, if you saw one more, if you saw one more, you saw one more than me, because I just remember like the dining room slash foyer, and then his father's room. That's all I remember. I don't even remember Bat. Batman didn't sleep in this movie. Like all he right. did. Yeah, was, I didn't see a bedroom, and we've seen a bedroom in every Batman movie. No, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I I Where also think Alfred woke him up in Batman Begins. Yep. I also think that this is going to be kind of um, a fun comparison piece when he does uh, realize and decide that he does have to play up the the billionaire thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, we might get him in the next movie where he actually is going to boardrooms and he is, you know, donating and giving speeches. And he will seem like a much matured Bruce Wayne. Right now, he's, like you just said, an embodiment of vengeance. He doesn't even really want to live his regular life. If he could just be Batman 24 He straight up said, I don't care about any of that. This yeah. is it. Yeah. Um, and he wants to have an effect on the city. And he does, but maybe not one that he actually thought he was going to have. Well, bringing up the point of what we didn't see, we got one shot of Wayne Tower, and it was from like two miles out, and it was just a building with Wayne written on the front, and that was it. You blink and you miss it. Yeah. Yeah. They really wanted to put that on the back burner for all this, and I think it works in in, in a weird way. Um, 100%. But we have this, uh, you know, they decipher a riddle. It says drive. This causes Batman and Gordon to check Mitchell's vehicle, and they discover that the Riddler left an actual thumb drive with Mitchell's actual thumb, uh, (laughs) and it contains images of Mitchell with a woman coming out of the Iceberg Lounge, a woman named uh, Anika, which we'll find out about in a bit. Uh, uh, And the Iceberg Lounge is a nightclub operated by the Penguin, uh, which is mobster Carmine Falcone's lieutenant. Uh, The pictures... The pictures are instantly set out to prominent news sites. That was my favorite part. He's like, "Oh, oh shit! No oh, shit! They're sending, they're sending all these out with my email. They're sending from my it account." Was shit. It, was, it, it was some Rorschach sends out his diary to the newspaper yeah. shit like. But it was no, it was it was funny the way Gordon's like, "Oh my god, wait, this is from my account." What? Yeah, my this email. Is bo- this what? is bullshit. So thinking that the Iceberg Lounge is the best place to go next, Batman shows up in his full garb and fights his way through the whole club until he can get Penguin's attention. Um, we see- Okay, the best part was the way he enters, where he knocks on the door, one of the mm-hmm. twins opens, and then closes the door, and then he opens with the second twin. He's like, see, I told you, he was right here. Dan, are those the leftover twins? I think those, I actually think those are the leftover twins. Okay. I got to see because they were pretty, gonna, that I'm was about 10 years ago. So you could talk, but I think that's the twins from the leftovers. Yeah. My favorite part of that whole exchange with him and Gordon was when he picks it up and he's like, oh God, don't tell me that's what it is. And he literally says thumb drive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I fucking died laughing. But, Everybody but around me was like, said, ew, oh my God. Yeah. His face said, like, trust me, I'm not even impressed by this joke, but this is what the joke is. The (laughs) joke is that it's a thumb drive. (laughs) And the best part, the best part, they plug it in. They're like, how do we do this? And he was like, maybe a fingerprint scanner. Use this. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) And and even then, he was like, I fucking died. That was so perfect. He's like, we're looking for a USB port, and they find it. Like everything, like they're showing why he is on the team. If if everything they, if he just went to these crime scenes and Gordon was the only one to deduce things, there's no reason for Batman. But right. he's also finding things that other people aren't, which makes it 
you know, more right. interesting. Now, um, as far as the Iceberg Lounge goes, I, I love the entrance where he just, you know, knocks, they say, yeah, whatever, and then opens it up, and then he just wrecks shop on the way in, and he is fucking people up. He's getting fucked up. Like, he is People not- are still partying, too, so they just must be oh, yeah. that happens. They the party crowd. until they hear a gunshot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, they and- can fight, but, you know, when the guns come out, I'm going to stop dancing. He's bathed in this red light, and the Iceberg Lounge is a huge part of this story, so I wonder how much of the red aesthetic for the uh, marketing campaign was derived from after watching the cut of the film going, oh, we're, he's always in red. We might as well just fucking, you know, that might as well be the look that we push out because that is mostly what we get from um, all the uh, promotional material to come from this. But what a cool action scene of him fighting with these strobing red lights uh, and then oh, almost stab, shooting almost shooting Oz in the face with a grappling hook. And, and honestly, when he shows up, he's like, whoa, hey, whoa, sweetheart. Like, yeah. when he did that, and you just look up, and I'm just like, I could tell anybody that knows nothing about this movie that that's Colin Farrell, and they're going to call me fucking crazy. Yep. They oh, George, by the way. Yeah. That was the twins from The Leftovers. I knew it. I know my that guys. That was the Carver boys. Max and Charlie Carver from The from the Leftovers. Yeah, that show's great. People I knew they also looked familiar, too. It's, you know, it's that Jamie Noble face. They had yeah, that Jamie, like Jamie Noble, Noble. You know what I'm talking about. They had that yeah. Jamie Noble haircut looking like gremlins with pierced ears. <laughs> Out of control. Um, so, but also, no, yeah. I will be honest. There was not many moments that I could tell it was Colin. Like when he, when it was like focused on his face and when he was talking, no, couldn't tell it was Colin Farrell. There was only uh, literally actually one moment in the entire movie and trailer I knew it was Colin Farrell. It's when Batman jumps out of the fire in the car chase that we've all seen, and he turns around and you see that shot of him like, like surprised. I'm like, yeah. oh no, yeah, that that, that that that's Colin Farrell's face. That's the, the, only, pa- that's the only the only moment I can tell it's Colin Farrell is when it's the most obscure scene ever. I I didn't even I didn't even catch it in that. There was one moment and it was like two seconds of his dialogue where his voice like he was he was slowing down his speech and that's where I heard his voice, Colin Farrell's actual voice. Yeah. And then it went right back to Penguin's voice and I was like, "Oh, that good old Scottish accent." <laughs> it was so fucking good. He was so good. If he had 10 more minutes of screen time in this movie, he would have stole that fucking movie. Yeah, and people would argue that he might have. As far as the villains go, he did steal steal the villainy for me. Yes, 100%. And and since we're in the spoiler section, it was when he was being interrogated by Batman and Gordon. That was the moment where I said, this is a great great penguin. Not only is this a great penguin, this is a great addition to a movie. We needed this scene. Arata, what are you talking about? Even I know more Spanish than you. World's greatest detective by asses. I'm like, oh God, yes. He's yes. um he's he's he does well. And I, I actually on rewatch um actually really appreciate this scene here in the iceberg lounge because um, you know, Batman goes in there trying to find out some inf- information and Oz is like, you know, I, I, oh, who's that? Oh, oh, is that the mayor in the picture? Like he's faking. He's such a scumbag. He's yeah, faking. He doesn't there, realize I don't the remember mayor. anybody. Yeah. He fakes, he fakes like he doesn't, he's never seen this woman. He fakes like he's never seen the mayor. Um, upon later questioning, he's like, oh, you know what? Why don't you just ask the mayor's wife? You know, she might know who that woman is. And then he's like, whoever that woman is who's dead and he knows that she's dead, she's cute. Like, just a scumbag. Just a fucking scumbag. The worst. There's only one thing about the pen. For, for, the, for the penguin love, I, 
I do. I love this character. I love the iterations that he's had. Even Danny DeVito, I've learned to appreciate. But the problem is, is the Arkham series Penguin is the greatest Penguin ever portrayed. Oh, that Cockney one? No, what? No, it's not just the it's the way he has the monocle. He's like short and stumpy with like his shoulders over his neck. Yeah, and he's, he's talking like this. Like, come on, man, get the bet. The bet's right there. Like, <laughs> yes, there's so is. much about that Arkham series Penguin where, like, it's hard for me to say this is the best version of Penguin I've seen when that Arkham series exists. That is hands down the greatest Penguin ever portrayed. It's interesting. Like, the Arkham series has a lot of the best portrayals of villains so sometimes it's hard to top so taking video games out and going live action is this your favorite iteration of penguin oh hands down 100 and th- only by a little bit because i have to give respect to rest in peace meredith meredith burgess he used to do that I think we broke this on the our what? Batman sixty six. I think we broke, oh, yeah, we broke this on, on the sixty six thing. He used it. to do that sound because they made him smoke that cigarette. He doesn't smoke cigarettes. He would have the cigarette on the stick, and he would open it yeah, up so like, to kind of let it out because he would see he wasn't he doesn't like to smoke cigarettes and the character <laughs> smoked cigarettes. Um, but yeah, the entire character design. He has that gnarly scar going from his lip up to his face. That underneath that scar, underneath that lip. All those teeth are gold capped as if he broke his face somewhere along the lines. And again, like he's pushing drugs. He's pretending not to know where innocent dead women are. He's acting as if he doesn't know, you know, the people who come to and from. And even when Batman kind of tries to threaten his life, he's like, don't you know my reputation? You know, like this, this scene was so integral to showing you that this penguin really does feel like he's protected, not only in this club, but in this city. Oh, the best is when he was talking shit about him. Where he was like, he was like taunting him, like, "Come on, I thought you were the vengeance." Like, yeah, I yeah, the yeah. Vengeance. Like, yeah, he's always that, talking shit. That was, that was great. Um, but this is also where we meet Selena Kyle, nose. right? This is, this is the best way the nose ever looked. Oh, as a penguin. <laughs> oh, Selena Kyle. Oh, mm. uh, oh, so, Zoe Kravitz. So, so, oh, and Selena Kyle walks into the scene. Yeah, yeah, she comes through real quick. Um, Good she's a Zoe server. Kravitz. She's a server who sees what they're talking about. She looks surprised and then she leaves. So Batman trails her back to her home where she lives alongside the girl in the photo. And that girl's freaking the hell out because her affair with the mayor has been released and leaked onto the news. So uh, our server, who we find out is Selena Kyle, comforts her by telling her they're going to leave town tonight. Uh, knowing that Mayor Mitchell hid Anika's passport at his house, Selena gets into her Catwoman attire and heads uh to the crime scene to go get it all of this is being watched by a very creepy robert pattinson who's watching all this from across across the way yeah i I got a little uncomfortable in that moment where he was sitting there and he was just like watching her change and i'm like man what are we doing here Uh, the the, the thing is i was getting a little uncomfortable it's like yo batman are you like a peeping tom in this instance (laughs) you you do you do cut from like her in her underwears to pattinson like taking off the goggles to, to her to her back in the goggle framing, she's already dressed. So I like to put it in my head that he like, you know, stopped looking. He looked away for a minute. Eyes, you know, but also I think it's a fun fact that, that everyone should know that in 2000, around 2012, uh, Zoe Kravitz was in a coming of age high school movie with Ezra Miller, our Flash, oh, called wow. uh, Beware of the Gonzo. And because of that movie, they ended up having a relationship for about two years. And if rumors are to be believed that Pattinson and Kravitz are doing the Harlem hustle, 
mm-hmm. then that is two DC superheroes that Zoe and, and her dad, her stepdad is Aquaman. So that also yeah, makes a lot of sense. Her stepdad is Aquaman. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. So them DC characters. As far as the creepiness goes for the Batman, you know, doing this, there's a lot of allusions to the fact that the Batman and the Riddler's, you know, way about doing things are not too dissimilar. And I think that's what this was there to show. Oh, no, 100 percent. Because every Batman movie, in in a sense, to me, you know, had this opposite side of the same kind of coin, in a sense, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Joker was just the worst version of what Batman could become. You know, that was the worst case scenario. Riddler, Jim Carrey's Riddler was like the opposite side of his of his brain power. Like this is what happens when you use your brain too much. You know, even even Two Face, both versions of Two Face was this is what happens when you decide to let uh, the law go up to chance instead of trying to put the law into your own control. Right. Every villain for some reason was like this mirror image of Batman or a, a worst case scenario on the spectrum of Batman. Yeah, and that has always been the beauty to me in the movies. For as as a case in the movies, the way I don't know if it's on purpose. No, I think that's been I head. think that's been the way it's gone in the comics for a while. I think that they're all a villain to a hero should be a shadow. It should be the worst parts of them uh, reflected onto them. Um, and that's Jackson why they, said it in uh, Unbreakable. I don't want to talk about Unbreakable. Well, I don't want to talk about Glass. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Unbreakable is a masterpiece, though. Let's not talk about Glass. Um, so. Uh, when she gets there to the crime scene to get this passport, she's confronted by Batman. The two go hand to hand with Batman being able to subdue the femme fatale, which I'm pretty stoked about because I'm like, he should know a little, a bit more about how to do this than, um, than she does. You know, I'm not here to judge, but you know, uh, no, you're right because Anne Hathaway seemed to be like a seasoned vet when it came down to fighting. Well, she knows how to fight handicapped men. <laughs> she kicked out that thing from underneath, <laughs> underneath him. Those uh, are bound to be broken. She explains that the pass. She explains the passport situation to Batman, and they head back to her home, only to find Annika missing. Suddenly, a news report on screen shows uh, that permit- police commissioner Peter Savage is dead, but not before showing some footage sent by his murderer, the Riddler, declaring his twisted manifesto of unearthing Gotham's lies. Just like Mitchell, Savage has photos released of him working alongside drug dealers. Uh, when Selina says that she's seen Savage at the club, Batman enlists her to go to the club and get information for him, and in turn, he will help her find her friend. Later with Gordon, Batman is given another card from the Riddler saying he needs to, quote-unquote, bring the rat out into the light. That okay, night, I just for real quick, right. I'm sorry. I just want to for for, for anybody that because I've seen a couple of comments towards Zoe Kravitz's writing in the like. I'm just gonna let everybody know, you know, I don't stay away from comment sections of any sort. I try to. I'm literally trying to break the habit. It's, of it's your worst. It's your worst trait. It, it no, literally, I will agree with you. It is my worst trait is that I read comment sections and I just like take this, you know, overall stance. But anyways, I read a <laughs> lot of comments that. People are not liking Zoe Kravitz and the way that her character was written in this, claiming her to be, you know, racist and sexist and like, oh, she's just looking at men in a bad light. And I just want to bring up this scene. Thank you that you you talked about the scene for a moment, because look at all of the writing. Like if you take this writing as not a I don't take this as a hammer over the head. I take this as a legit fear of some women where she made eyes with the commission, uh, with the D.A., the district attorney, but she didn't want to keep locking eyes. 
And Batman's like, no, I need you to look at him so I can get a positive ID. And she's like, yeah, but if I if I look at him, he's going to think of something and he's going to, you know, going to call me over or try and talk to me. Yep. And then and even so, she was feeling so uncomfortable in that moment that she had to go to the bathroom. Even after seeing Falcone, she went to the bathroom. And she's in the mirror and she's like, I told you, I can't do this. Like, this is stuff that I have to go through every day as a woman. So and then, it, then it, it drives the point home that the fact that the D.A. Gill followed her outside and tried giving her a ride home. Who knew what that on drugs bastard would have done to her? I, I did say I'll get the ride home with him. I will say this, you know, um, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this whole Selena Kyle Catwoman thing. Everyone knows my childhood crush growing up was Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. So it's very hard to unearth that. But when it comes to the actual nature of Selena Kyle, she she nails it in this. Um, and she she's she's sultry and confident, but also, you know, kind of nervous and kind of, you know, like she's kind of faking it till she makes it. Uh, which is kind of what a thief does, right? They're, they're, they're trying to hobble together a life based on things that they take. Um, and she is shown to be sympathetic to those who are falling through the cracks in Gotham. Um, and you can't really beat this portrayal as a full scope of Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. While Michelle Pfeiffer had the sexiness, she didn't, she wasn't rebellious until she cracked her head on the crowd. Uh, I can't agree with you. A bunch on, of cats. I, can, I can't agree with you on that on one instance because uh Zoe Kravitz wasn't portrayed to be this thief thief. Really more so that she had a she had a plan to to rob. Yes. No one's gonna deny that. She had a whole setup, but the entire time that you're meeting Selena Kyle, except for one instance where she's taking back someone's belongings, she's not really being the cat burglar type that you know, all of the other portrayals of Catwoman live action were. Michelle Pfeiffer did steal from that one store. That's how you get her in the costume for the first time. And Hathaway stole from Bruce Wayne those pearls. You can say she, Catwoman she stole those finger. bags of money, right? No, but that's no, that's what I'm trying to say. Before the bags of money instance, when you're getting this whole buildup to Selena Kyle and to Zoe Kravitz, she's not really this cat burglar type. You honestly don't know her motives. And she only but she didn't look it. Any, any, anyone that has in their possession a fully equipped safe cracking <laughs> safe cracking from Amazon. <laughs> no, that, okay, fine. I yeah, will assume you're, you're, done some some burglary. Uh, I mean, can you even up. say the bags of money though? Because she was stealing from a criminal. But yeah, she stole one bag. Yeah. By the way, she didn't steal bags of money. She was only she wanted able to them grab both, but bag. I think she was just well, down of course. Who wouldn't? Yeah, yeah she no, like, I, I can but get she was only able this. to grab one and drive off on the bike because she was like shot at by that one guy. Yeah, but like you were just mentioning, she gets to the club. She's using the contact lenses. She sees D.A. Gil Coulson uh, and the Col Coulson admits that he and Mitchell had an informant that allowed them to take down Sal Maroney's massive drug ring. Um, Batman wants to know more info about the rat. But when Selena overhears a woman mention her Russian friend, she presses her for information, which only gets her into an uncomfortable interaction with crime boss Carmine Falcone. Um, which, George, you know, and I don't know how I, I don't know. I don't truly know how this slipped me for all of the time that this movie has been casted and filming and trailers have been out. Right. But only I think it was only Tuesday or Wednesday that I found out that. Falcone was played by John Totoro and I was so oh, excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, so I don't know how I don't know how it slipped me for so long, but literally the day before I saw this movie, I found out that 
Carmine Falcone was being played by my man, the Jesus. Those tinted glasses were a, a, an inspired touch. I think they I add a level. It. I of, loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it adds a level of like almost rose colored glass, right? Like he always sees that he's winning. Like he has the entire, uh, he doesn't even see how the cards are falling in front of him That's and how they're going to spill out it. his his uh his demise he's always wearing the he's always wearing rose colored glasses damn that's actually damn i he's like just that. chilling yeah he's just he's just there chilling um and she just gets so flustered by all of this interaction that she um she quits the mission now we had read in the long halloween and it, again it's not explicitly stated but it's kind of breadcrumb that selena's father might be carmine falcone oh in yeah this, no, yeah yeah in this, yeah. it wasn't. Uh, it was. It does get explicitly stated later. But during this interaction, I was wondering if this is where they were going. But also, it also seemed like maybe she could have been a mob wife. You know, it also seemed like maybe she could have been someone that you know. Would he you knew Would you believe her in layer. that moment? Like I know, like I know, Batman couldn't. They, well, no, Batman could see her expression in the mirror, but it was kind of distorted with how the contact lens was in the, in the club. But. Well, that's yeah, one of the best moment. things, right? Like you, I think what you're about to say, like one of the best things is that when she gets into this confrontation with Carmine, all her fake bravado just fucking falls off. Yeah. All of it's yeah, gone. Yeah, 100%. You know, and all of a sudden well, she's, a, she's when a cat. she says, I'm not in a relationship with him? Is, is, that's the I believed her in that moment where she said it wasn't a relationship. She's a fucking thief, act. so I don't know, I don't know where, at what point you're supposed to believe her at what point you're not. She's well, obviously I guess, trying I guess to get her own. I all thieves lie and all liars have a potential to steal, so. One could argue that a lie is a theft of truth. That is, that is true. Like, if you, you can, know? I was always told by my uncle, if you can steal, you can lie and vice versa. It's a, yeah, it's, it's. I was it's, always told that. I love that Bruce is trying to, like, yell her back, but what can he do? Can't do shit. She quit. <laughs> she really can't She's do nothing. She's a strong black woman in Gotham City. You ain't she, stopping her. She quit. Dead on arrival. Coulson goes to his car. He tries to get her to go in the car with him. Like, you fucking creep. <laughs> you fucking Peter Scott. Yo, that was, that was, that was, that was actually uncomfortable. Not in the cringy. I'm I glad you like get to this. see it, Dan. This is what men do on a daily fucking yeah. basis. No, this is creepy Seriously, fucking this behavior. Was, this was, this entire sequence opened Stegman my eyes. Stegman-like behavior. <laughs> this is what women have to go through. Where when she literally said the line, like, no, I'm not gonna make eye contact with him because if I do, it's gonna be this open invitation. I'm like, shit, that is actually <laughs> that's how women that's what women are afraid of. Like, that's what it is, bro. Wow. And they deal with that shit every day. And imagine being a bartender or a stripper or any of these people, and then you might have power. Or working men as like a table dancer, yeah. Walking in and thinking that they got you, because what are you gonna do? And it, yeah, it's it's terrifying. But I like that she's like, oh, a taxi, and she gets in like probably the dirtiest taxi I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, what's well, wrong? Well, Gotham, so I don't imagine there being very clean taxi. Dirty ass taxi. Um, yeah. So he gets she she runs there as soon as she can. Um, and you see that he is attacked from behind by the Riddler in his car, and he places a strange apparatus on his head that we can't tell what it is. The dark oh, man, that was that was uncomfortable. That I was, thought he was gonna die. I thought it was the whole Chucky choking from behind death scene. You no, know, because that's funny because what it reminded me of, if you've seen the first Saw movie, it reminded me of that first Saw movie okay, where like yeah, the, yeah. the doctor gets into his car, and then the dude in the pig mask just like pops up out of nowhere and then bam just starts suffocating him like strangling holy crap this is and it's the way that the riddler makes noise before you get the unmasking and you see paul dano it's the way that this man talks 
Well, he makes these weird animalistic moments, um, um, sounds in moments of, I don't know, adrenaline or whatever, but he's always like, yeah. Exactly. It sounds like a pig. It sounds like a pig being slaughtered. It's like, like when he first killed, when he killed. Oh, you're talking about the old man kind of. The old Mick Foley shit. Exactly. Especially when he kills Mitchell, when he kills Mayor Mitchell. The very yeah. first swing, he's like, wah, 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 and then yeah. swings on him. I'm like, holy crap, this is terrifying. Absolutely fucking terrifying. Um, uh, Dark Knight meets with Gordon to explain the whole rat thing and how it might be a linchpin of all this. They think that the finding the rat is the person who, like, you know, Coulson said there was an actual informant, so maybe they should find him. Alfred decodes another cipher saying, You are El Rata Alara. Although neither of them really knows what it means. So later, at Mitchell's public memorial, with all the heavy hitters attending, Bruce finds out that Coulson has gone missing. <laughs> Suddenly, a car comes careening in, and it's Gil Coulson with a bomb attached to his head and a cell phone attached to his hand. We've seen this in the trailers. I just want to say real quick that in in the like the anti Dark Knight Rises, where Dark Knight Rises, you have to wait like forty five minutes to get Batman out in the open in the street and all that. This was like a very long way to get unmasked Bruce Wayne in the street. It was, this was the first scene where Bruce Wayne is out in the open and he's a kid at this point. This isn't like a recluse that's been in the public eye for decades. This is someone I, that's been a recluse for a while. I also say this cleans up nice when he cleans up for that thing. I'm like, that's a good looking Bruce Wayne. Like I haven't that hair that. though, it is feathered and lethal. Yeah, I'm oh, like, that's that no. That hair is amazing. Yeah. That is some Jared Leto of 30 Seconds to Mars, the kill music video. Like the bangs, bangs galore. And he's I an instant, he's bangs. an instant celebrity, right? He shows up. People haven't seen him in for a while. People are taking pictures. The male is trying to run up next to him and find out some stuff. Really, really cool stuff. Um, so... Let's talk about, let's talk about when he gets into the fucking, into the church. Okay. Old boy on the sideline talking to him about how these rich pricks need to get it. Okay, okay, thank you, Dave. Well, hold on, hold on. I wanna I wanna I wanna say my theory to see if we're on the same page because I feel like you and I might be. We we might be actually. I am willing to bet that that's Joe Chill. Thank you fucking god damn it. Thank you. That is Joe Chill. That is Joe Chill. George, what did I say? I, the minute I, he heard yeah. his name was Bruce Wayne, you see that look on his face. He's like, Oh, the mayor got what was coming to him. All these rich people get what they're coming. Bro, I looked at him like that is Joe Chill. Why are we Joe Chill? I I had the same exact thought, and I I joked to Dan that he also looks like the same guy that uh uh from Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man, who shot the. He looks like the same actor from Batman Begins to me, truly. But the thing is, while I can't confirm whether or not he's Joe Chill, and I think this film goes to great lengths to kind of obscure who could have been the person to kill. Um. One thing I can confirm, gentlemen, he is the man unmasked at the end of this film who says that he is vengeance. Thank you. Thank you. Th okay. Thank okay. I, I just wanted to also be sure because when Batman is on the rafters and he's mm -hmm. like fighting the Riddler gang and he unmasked mm -hmm. that guy that he's on top of, I'm like, is that the same actor from the funeral home scene? And I think what it does is it's supposed to show you how just having the idea like a germ of an idea, like the things he was saying in that church were just how he felt and how quickly you can 
mobilize that kind of anger, mm -hmm. that kind of vengeance, if you will, as we'll get, get into how other people have co-opted this idea of vengeance to use it for their own. Because it's not, you're, you're just your brand, bro. Anyone can be vengeful. You understand? So I, I'm going to do it my way. You do it your way. Oh, and um, that was the point of Nolan's Batman, where, he, where he's gone on. He's had Batman say Batman could be anybody. Batman was meant to be a symbol. Well, right. I guess what kind of symbol are you looking to be this universe, Batman? You are you are uh, inspiring people, but maybe, like I said, not in the way you want to. Um, but Homeboy shows up with a card for Batman and his phone starts to ring. Fearing an explosion, the entire church is cleared out and Batman approaches Coulson alone. He engages in Riddler's games and helps Gil answer some riddles so he could disarm the bomb. But when Gilson refuses to give up the rat, time runs out and Gilson is killed in a massive explosion that knocks Batman out. Um, I thought Batman was dead too. I love how they're all like, well, he's fucking crazy. <laughs> Look at him. He's well, fucking two, crazy. Two things I have to say is, one, I do respect uh, Coulson, Gil Coulson, for, um, because what he said kind of made sense to me, why he took the stance he said. He's like, if I give up my, if I give up the information now, my family's dead. If I yeah, just, yeah, because we ultimately, it's, it's I'm Falcone, oh, right? Falcone yeah. is the person that he's keeping safe. So, he fears the repercussions from Falcone, but I don't know, man. You have a bomb on your neck. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but I, and, but I have to, I have to like give it to him in that moment. I think I would have done the same thing because yeah. once he said, "If I give up the name, my wife and kids dead. If I stay shut, only I'm dead." He right. like made an actual self sacrifice in that moment. But right. also, I want to ask you guys, which riddles do you prefer, Batman Forever or these riddles? these riddles i hated in batman forever the conclusions that they would really jump to. i hated the conclusions that they jumped to no normal okay, person no, would I jump to conclusions that they jump to you know they'd be like oh but, but, a b but, c but c, c like the something no they'd be like oh the riddle says a b c c oh c like the ocean like manchester by the sea manchester the guys from britain you're like what what where did you pull any of that shit from what's going on the, the riddles was like like take one off and strike my head. What once was red is dead instead. And like you know, like, so, like they were taking the numbers of each riddle and putting it in the alphabetical numerical order. And that's yeah. how they ended up getting to M R E, Mister E, Mister e, 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 Enigma, Doctor Enigma. Like it's just, I don't know. It just felt like a lot. No, this it, felt, it, it, it. This felt what? like it, it, felt like it was. This felt like it was Riddler just having fun. Like if push came to shove and they didn't figure out any of them, everyone was still gonna die anyway. Well, I don't know how you didn't see the other one as Riddler having fun when he was literally making every single riddle equal up he, to his name. He, and he, he felt like he no, I'm but that's what I'm saying. He felt like he wanted to get caught. He felt like he wanted to reward the person. Smarter than Batman. He felt like he wanted to be the Riddler thing. Yeah, but he also doesn't. To him, a crime committed that doesn't highlight how genius he is is a crime not worth committing. So you need to get it. He and needs to get credit what, for the so, shit. That's what, that's what Jim Carrey's Riddler did. No, that's what I'm saying. And that was more important to him. I don't think that that's this Riddler's jam. If no, you get it, no, you get no, it. You don't, you don't. But he's not here to be like, look at how smart I am. That's not his, no, that's not end, his thing. Well, my question to you both was Endgame aside, the way the, Riddler, the, way the, Riddle, the Riddles added up aside, the Riddles itself, which ones did you like more? Because I personally like the Batman Forever riddles, the actual riddle itself, more than the riddles I heard here. 
I gotta like, watch you know, Batman, like, Batman Forever again. I gotta, I gotta give it because I just remember that one scene where it's just him and Alfred figuring things it, out. It was like, and it just felt it, it unnatural. Was, it it was, felt like it went by very fucking fast. It, it was basically like, um, you know, there's eight of us on a sort. You would find us all. There's eight of us in a sort. You would find us all in a tennis court. And in a tennis court was counting out the vowels, and each vowel was like five, and the number five. You understand? But they did all that like as a stream of conscience. You understand? Like no one stopped and did the math. They were like, "Oh yeah, well he got to be meaning meaning." And I'm like, "How do you get there?" Meanwhile, no, that's- these here, I solved a couple of these here as it happened, like the one about the friend. At the end oh, of it, you're saying you I know that it wait was for them to to openly say this is the answer because, of the because no other mind would go to the assumptions that they did. Ah, but, but you got the, the one about the friend Riddler. wrong. That's actually the beauty mean? of Riddler. What's up, Dave? You got the one about the friend wrong. What do you mean? What goes up in value with the less you have? Friends. Oh, that is wrong. I knew it was a joker. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a friend. I think it was like like what like a. Oh, you think it's a double? It's a double. Uh, it's a double, double entendre for the Joker card because what's the most valuable card in most card games? Oh, Joker. There it is. I can see that, but I can also see him trying to get him to think it's friend because, he, you know, he's a fucking liar. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, he didn't but- say he was right or wrong. Yeah. They go through the whole, they go through the whole, um, you know, dialogue and, and, you know, you see that the captain's not happy he's there. You know, and Jim's like, you know, give me a minute, I'll handle it. And then he just like leans in and whispers, like, punch me in the face. Here's the yeah, key. go down this way. And I'm so like, yeah. that's such that's such a gangster move. Like you're gonna Oh no, you're you're right, because even the best the best part about that payoff, the best payoff about that scene is later when they meet up, he's like, you know, you could have pulled your punch. Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. But when he oh, and we brought this man. up at the beginning of the show, when he runs out and he goes down like going down the corridor, I swear to God, it looked like a prison break. I swear yeah. to God. It was the yes. funniest shit I'd ever seen. And all I heard in my head was that 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 uh that beat drop run. And then you hear the beat drop and just <laughs> Batman running through the hall. <laughs> yeah. But he gets out that door up on top and you like you said, he jumps out and he's like he freaks out for a second. Yeah, but then he then he pops the cape. He does the base jump, and my favorite thing, and it just it played so much into the fact that he's still trying to figure out how to do this Batman thing is yeah. when he pops the shoot and hits the fucking bridge and then drops. Oh my on the god! Bus. I thought I, yo, I got I I thought this man was dead. <laughs> that would have been imagine if that happened. Like, oh then the credits god. came up. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. Bro, yeah. he hit because anybody knows you don't hit the fucking parachute anywhere anywhere less than like 65 kilometers or anywhere so he, he gets snagged he, he did it he was in an right. urban fucking city <laughs> populated to the nines and it and it, of course like of course it's gonna get snagged i was like what are you like doing, i bro? think it's snagged on the overpath and then he like bashes his back on the bus and then just like pounces off but what's funny water. to me what's funny to me is one i want to know his thought process into why he did that because i think it was to catch the bridge and just land on top of I the think bus he was trying to do yeah. but he missed the fucking mark the yeah. but the funniest part was he crashed in the side of that bus i'm pretty sure there was a broken window and a dent in the roof of the bus that bus did not fucking stop no no that's <laughs> new that's not like brooklyn at all that sounds like brooklyn <laughs> to be honest like exactly 
It's like, listen, I got to get to Canarsie. I'm on a schedule. You understand? We are going. But you know what this is for, right? Like, again, this is me looking way too much into the future. But this is for the eventual time that he does build his own. And it works. Oh, 100%. No, this is a franchise in the making. Yeah. And I know that this is a franchise in the making. They can, they cannot. Like, I have seen a sac- killing of a sacred deer. Make Barry Krogan Joker. Just do it. Just do it. Just don't, don't get, be afraid. Jump. Don't jump, get ahead there. Don't get ahead there. Play up because he, uh, Batman meets with Jim Gordon after this uh, unceremonial landing. Unceremonious landing. No, it was beautiful. It was graceful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was like a. It was falling with style, George. It was. There, there you go. go. There you go. They both think that the uh, Rata Alada in question might refer to Penguin himself, so they go looking for Penguin, and it turns out he's heading the old Maroni drug lab, showing that the whole drug ring was never truly shut down by Mayor Mitchell anyway, which was like yeah. his whole thing. Well, I think the beauty of it is that Penguin even admitted of his fear of higher ups. He's like, he's like, I'm not a higher up, you know, like, like the, him admitting to the fear of. Of Maroni and Falcone shows, yeah, this ain't no Larata Alada. No, go ahead, Dave. When they first said that and they translated it to a rat with wings, I literally the only thought bat. in my head was a bat. Yeah, same thing, no. bat. That's what that it, is, it, and that is the bat. beauty of it because they went through all of it. They went through bat, penguin to get to falcon. Stool. They like, went to stool pigeon. How the hell did you get stool, stool pigeon, pigeon yes. from rat with wings? I had no idea what that is. Yeah. A stool pigeon is somebody who uh, informs, informs to the police. Oh, oh, yeah. I knew I heard that before. Like, but it's it like what? Head, like, like where, where did you I get heard that, I have no idea bro. what it means. Um, so mm, old noirs, Casablanca, and the Third Man, and, and all of those old Carol Reed movies. A hundred percent. When Batman spots Catwoman at the scene, things get complicated, and even more so when she sees Anika in the trunk of the car dead. A massive gunfight ensues as Penguin and his men rain heavy fire on Gordon, Batman, and Selina. But when Penguin tries to escape, we get our first look at the Batmobile for this film, an angry invention of steel and power that is seemingly more beast than vehicle. Dave. This is one million percent without question i will die on this hill you will have to slaughter me dismember me <laughs> and put me in a wood chipper and then put me in a fucking not a, the fargo literally <laughs> you have to eviscerate me and liquefy me in order for me to change my mind and i probably still won't this is the best batmobile i have ever 100 seen. and a million percent the best batmobile in media this, and this, this is also one of my favorite car chases in the last 15 years in cinema. Yeah. Um, we, you know, you I, know. I, I will have to say that that Black Widow, I know it, it sounds blasphemous, but Black Widow does top car. If we're talking the last 15 years, Black Widow does have one of the best. I will say, and here is why I say that. They actually did this car chase. This was oh, no, not CGI. Practical. It is. No, yeah, this is all practical. And that's why I love it so much because one, it's a great car chase. It's fucking awesome. But it was, there was so much continuity to it. They didn't miss a step and just the reactions throughout where, I mean, how many times in a car chase does somebody get stuck behind a car and you see them honking their horn, telling somebody to move out of the way penguin yelling at homeboy in the suburban to move for like (laughs) two minutes was one of the best parts of it. And then you see the fucking tanker explode and he's like, I got you. I got you. 
Yeah. And he was so fucking just sold on the fact that he won. And then next thing you know, you see the fucking Batmobile come through the fire and he's just like, oh, fuck. And well, it was just I love how brilliant. He was like, he, I, I, I don't remember what he shot, but I think he shot at the damn at, at one of the flatbeds to break Who it. Did? Who did? No, he did. Because no, Batman he, jumped over a flatbed. Yeah, he oh, jumped it. Just, it. He it didn't crashed. shoot it. Yeah, it got crashed. Yeah, yeah it because Penguin oh, made it, it crash. Just, it just fell on its own. Okay. Yeah, Penguin made it crash and then it, and he was like, fuck it, I'm going. Hit the fucking next gear and just took off. Well then this yeah. is the first Batmobile since Adam West. No, can't even this is the first Batmobile to not have weapons in it. At all. I'm sure yeah, he's got weapons. We just didn't see him. Batmobile. Yeah. But I'm sure he's the, got weapons. The interesting thing is, though, I think that the Batmobile in itself is its, its own character. Like, dude, that thing is fucking the, mean. Yeah, it adds to the motif of this angry. Oh, one hundred percent. Bill Finger is a man. Bill Finger is a goddamn genius for ever giving us something that we could like play. This is like a toy. I mean, Adar. Yeah. was created to be a toy, but he's able to do something with it. And again. Just like himself, it sparks fear. When when Oz sees it for the first time, that's what sets him off running because he's like, what the hell is this angry thing of twisted metal going to come and do to me? And then, yeah, you get that shot of him spinning out. When they show that car flip, there's damage to be done. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, dude, you see like shit. trash and shit flying everywhere? Yeah. Yeah, oh, my first thought was, where's the fucking airbag? Inside. The <laughs> fact that it was inside the car first. So oh, the camera? Yeah, the camera yeah. was inside the car, so you're seeing things move the way it shouldn't, you know, physically move because Oswald is still in this same position. Like, he's still in in the upright position while things are moving around. Then it goes to the outside, and it's, like, tumbling. Yeah, like, afterwards, my first tumbling. question was, where's the fucking airbag at on this thing? This is a brand-new car. Where's the airbag? Oh, he man, it for nice safety features, Maserati. Up. He, now he filled oh, it for the drugs. <laughs> That's where he keeps all his records. But this drugs. this Batmobile, it, it's practical. He literally took a regular ass car and fucking built a jet engine for it and just made this thing a beast. And I'm not gonna lie, this this is probably something somebody's gonna make in the next couple of years for their own vehicle. Oh, I guarantee fucking feel. But this thing is so beautifully done, and it just made me want a sports car again. Yeah. Yeah. Like a muscle car, it made me want a muscle car again, and it. it God, I, this is my favorite. And the thing Batman is, joke. I would argue that this chase doesn't happen with a more experienced Batman. Uh, there's oh, way too no. much. Ca- there's way no. too many casualties. There's way too many yeah. uh, instances of error. But he doesn't well, care because he's early. He's going in and he's angry, and thus you know, like older Batman, he would have just followed this man on a plane or something. You know what I'm oh, saying? Well, the reason why he on the bat plane and fucking took off. Yep. The reason why I can't agree is because both Bale and Affleck did have instances of like heavy traffic, of heavy collision. Like Bale, Bale yes, was. But, Bale but turned think the about light this with the Bale movie. Tunnel. Bale went through think a, a mall. Think about this with the with the Bale movies. Batman Begins was the first year to two years of Batman. True. So then in this, yeah. Then in the Dark Knight, that's his first experience with a vehicle. Well, I want to also think that, like, the w- w- between Batman Begins and the Dark Knight, that had to have been only a couple of weeks to months. That couldn't have been. It could not have been long. So you like, got to yeah, think. Yeah, I know the movie. Dark Knight starts at year two, maybe three tops. He hasn't been yeah, Batman he, that long. Yeah, because we get Jim, we get Jim Gordon giving him the Joker card at the end of Begins, and then in the Dark Knight, Joker. You open up on that, that bank scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe, yeah. The 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 first two Nolan films was in like that. 
that first half the first decade couple of years, yeah. So yeah. he was inexperienced then, in my opinion. So he's got True, he's got okay. these fucking right. toys, and, and you then know yeah, Ben Affleck is somebody that, that, that well, at that point that character didn't care anymore. Oh yeah, so, no, he didn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's yeah, no see, Ben Affleck yeah. just did not give a fuck. He's on the he's all the way on the other side of the spectrum when it comes to. All I mean, stuff. we knew at that point he'd been fighting crime as the bat for fucking twenty years. Well, he, he lost he, he lost Jason Todd before Jason Todd ever got a chance to be live action. Oh, oh, I hated oh, that. It, so it's much. even it's even worse. That was Dick Grayson, bro. Oh, that was <laughs> what? Yeah, Snyder what? said what? it was Dick Grayson. Yeah, it's Dick Grayson. It's all not, right, it's not all Jason right, Todd. Snyder, Snyder. It's getting hard to defend you, buddy. It's hey, really bro. getting hard. Do what to you got to do. Uh, so they go on this crazy car chase that ends with Batman using his vehicle to smash into Oz's, causing it to flip. Now with Oz in their custody, Jim and Batman interrogate him, and Oz denies being the rat, even going so far as to correct their Spanish. That correction leads them to use Rata Alada as a URL, as in URL Rata Alada, and it brings them to a website where they can talk to Riddler direct directly. Oh, well, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to gloss over this interrogation scene. It's because... one of my favorite moments in the movie. Oh yes, you sons of bitches! I'm still standing here. <laughs> besides the fact that, besides the fact that Penguin definitely killed that scene, for me, it was finally seeing a Jim Gordon get some brazen in him. Open yes. your my... eyes, bro! <laughs> I was like, oh, the bro, that, in this. <laughs> the fact that when you have good cop, bad cop between Batman and Jim Gordon, and Jim Gordon is the bad cop, <laughs> bro. bro. No, and and they're um, laying out, they're um, laying out you. what they believe is the case, like, like as like their their demeanor is that they're incredibly sure, but none of it's true. They're like, you None did it. it. You, Not fucking, a goddamn you were the rat, and then you came through, and you took the draw from Maroney, and he's like, what are you, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, no, none of that's true. Um, but that's all, that's the only lead that they had. So they were pressing, putting pressure onto it. Uh, that makes a bunch of sense. And um, it felt like Arkham games. It felt like when, like, like when you're get when you're in a mission and you're like going to one person and like, like, um, what's in Arkham Knight when you're going to the dude that created Scarecrow's toxin and it's yeah. Even though he created it, he's not the one that knows where the drop points are. So you got to go to another person. And even though Scarecrow is got your kind of main bad guy, it's really Arkham Knight that's in charge of all of it. It's it is it, it's layers. It gives us layers to the rogues gallery it's also commentary on yeah it's commentary on riddler i mean sorry penguin's place in the rogues gallery because he's never really been depicted as somebody who is putting all the strings he's usually working alongside the guy who does that so that makes a lot even in batman begins it was max shrek that was pulling all the all the strings on cobble pot like returns one is never that 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 uh head of the table Penguin That's what we, we need to bring. We need to bring uh, Christopher Walken back for these Batman films. <laughs> Bruce Wayne, why are you dressed like <laughs> Yo, the Batman? Because he, he is the Maroney. Batman, you idiot. <laughs> That's my favorite. We, we my favorite need him one. as the aged Maroney. Hey, so bring Maroney back in the second movie and make it just. Yeah, no, no Maroney. I'm just, one. you know, I'm just trying here. Like, no Maroney, uh, but a lot of talk of Maroney. They get into a they get into a 1996 chat room with the Riddler, um, <laughs> and they and uh, they start talking. Um, and Riddler says he has to show Batman more until he can understand. And one of his Riddlers produces the answer, Orphan, which brings Gordon and Batman to the old torn down Gotham City orphanage, which has new Riddler spray paint all over its walls, leading Batman to rooms he wants him to see. 
one such room. Okay, is so I'm sorry, but as far as Dave goes with the comedy, as far as because Dave Dave has mentioned that a lot of scenes were now that I'm thinking about it and how it goes contextually and just writing wise is funny. This was probably the first scene that made me laugh out loud when Gordon pulls out his Glock and Batman's like, no guns. He's like, yeah, man, that's your thing. Right. I fucking, yeah. yeah, man. That yes, I, I, that was, that, I was dying. Everybody around me was like, nah. Yeah. Have we gotten, to, have we gotten to the, uh, the Catwoman Batman kiss yet? Or did we miss, did I miss no, that? No, we're not part? there yet. We're not there okay. yet. We're very not close. Yet. I got something to this, fucking this say about like my the theater first, like, 45 experience. minutes into the movie. Yeah, yeah like, I got something to say hours, about so that. We got... We're very close, Ooh, but, I can't um, wait. uh, well, it's nothing bad. When they get into a room, there's this video of Thomas Wayne playing Bruce's father attempting to run for mayor, stating that win or lose, the Wayne Foundation will donate one billion dollars towards the renewal of Gotham. They suspect they using this video, they suspect that the next victim is Bruce Wayne, and they are right as Alfred is sent a package intended for Bruce that explodes, hospitalizing him. I'm sitting I have here a like they're gonna kill Alfred. Yeah, go ahead. I have brother. a real big question about that renewal because uh, and is that supposed to be like in, in now in the modern day? Uh, do, do you think they will turn that into the Batman fund that we saw in White Knight, where the, re the hurricane relief fund turns into actually let's fix this city when Batman destroys it fund? Because a, a bit, but if you want a bit, but if you want to bring it to something more modern, Department probably, of Damage Control. Yeah, it's probably more akin to the the weird like, um, you know, post COVID relief stuff. Where you're giving money to companies oh to rebuild, and you're giving money to you know um, organizations, ar architecture, all that kind of stuff that that we're missing the money. But none of this money goes where it needs to go. Uh, they set up this foundation, and then Thomas dies very shortly afterwards. So once that money is gone, the money was always intended to be able to be moved without impunity because Thomas didn't want anyone telling him he can't give a million to the orphanage and then a million to the soup kitchen and then a million to, you know, uh, domestic violence, uh, you My know, man uh, had that shelters. Much money, he could just give a billion away. A billion. No and this was, but I mean, he was also running for mayor. So he was like, win or lose. Yeah. Okay, bro. He was trying to win. <laughs> he was trying to win that shit. But, <laughs> and that's, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But, um, I, uh, you know, the fact that they were able to turn all that money dirty so quick is why uh, Riddler feels like him and people like him, orphans of Gotham, fell through the cracks, and all the rich people just kept getting richer. Which, in you know, that emboldened the him. Forgotten to do Sons, a hundred percent, and but not Jackson Riker, and also um, <laughs> that racist fuck. <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, I did. I mean, you know what, man? I I've been watching this stuff for a while. I've been reading this stuff for a while. I'll go ahead and say it. I'm not sh scared to admit it. I thought they were gonna kill Alfred in this. I'm not going to after the whole Alfred. Tom King shit. Yeah, because Tom, Tom King recently killed the character in comics. So it's like, man, are we here already, bro? I don't I don't know how I feel about that, especially because he was talking wild crazy to him the whole film. Like, I never got no respect for Alfred. Now he's going to die, but the, the, the movie it, it, would do like that. They were doing, it's like they were doing a funny play on, hey, you know how you see Batman's parents die every movie? Well, watch Batman's Alfred yeah, we, die this we movie. We promise Fuck. we're not going to show the Waynes die. We promise. Yeah, right. and then, <laughs> fucking Alfred dies. Like, what are you doing? Um, that, so, I think that's worse. So, but I mean, it, it was also kind of funny because it had a Dark Knight Rises moment where Batman finally comes out of reclusiveness to go to the hospital to visit James Gordon. And they have that like heart to heart talk. <laughs> yeah. I just. <clears throat> 
the whole Alfred thing, like, I was really worried that they did kill him. Like, I was very scared for a minute. And then I saw him wake up in the hospital. And I was like, all right, cool. He's not going to be in a coma and he's not going to be a vegetable for the rest of his life. Yeah, I was hoping. No, that was actually my thought. Not that they were going to kill Alfred. I thought they were going to put this man into a coma until the climax of the movie. And then he wakes up at the very end. Right. That's what I actually thought they were going to do. But he wakes up and then we got fucking, we got all this intel on like, what the fuck's going on? Okay. For, okay, Bruce, I'm speaking to you personally, Bruce. I know you can't hear me because you're fictional, but when this man wakes up for, after having a bomb exploded in his face, the man. first thing you say is not, you lied to me, Alfred. Right! What the fuck? It's like, what? I, I, what? I, I'm going to come to Bat's, Bat's advocacy and say that he was just trying to find the truth from the people that he could get. Now, you can't change my mind, man. Like that man just George? woke up out of a fucking coma. George, Fuck you. You're one of the nicest guys I know. But the George, idea is that. You're one of the nicest guys I know. Would you say it like that? Probably not like that, but I'm also not the guy to say you're not my dad. So he was already in the mindset of like, <laughs> this guy, this guy is doing true, too much. True. And so like, there's a point in this uh, with Savage, I think. Where he says a line and Gordon's like, it almost sounds as if you're saying he deserved it. And so Batman's coming to this black and white view of things where if you do something wrong, you deserve to feel pain. And he believes that Alfred has helped coerce this lie that seemingly got him blown up because that's what they were trying to, uh, you know, uncover this entire time. So it's like, if you would have never helped keep this lie, maybe there would have been no lie to uncover. And that's why you're in the fucking hospital right now. Um, none of it's right. We're going to go to this, uh, thing. Cause we were talking about, oh yeah. Cause you know, once Alfred's in the hospital, the best way to cope is you just start setting up your own crazy crime map on the floor with <laughs> spray paint and pictures. On some suicide squad. Spray paint. There's no, style. there's no Yo, fucking facts. whiteboard. You fucking rich kid. There's no facts. There's no times. There's no <laughs> nothing. My man he was going Pepe Sylvia. You just had random Pepe shit Sylvia spray painted. Um, but he figures he has to look into the renewal fund, right? As he's doing this, Selena asks to meet. She lets him know that she is going to make Anika's murder murderers feel pain, and that she's going to him for help because hell, your vengeance, right? Like I'm coming to you. Isn't that what you sell? You sell that's vengeance. That's that beauty that you're I'm talking about. Where vengeance. he's trying to be a symbol, but what kind of symbol is he trying to be? Because that is the interpret. That right there showed the first like visual interpretation of what people believe the Batman to be. Where she came up to him and is like, "Listen, you're gonna help me kill because yeah, this is you're who vengeance, you are. bro. That's what you do. You're wait, no, no, wait a minute. This is not who I am." Um, he kind of makes it seem like yeah, exactly. Her homegirl might have deserved it, uh, and so Selena correctly guesses that he probably came from privilege because that's the only way he could judge the actions of the desperate. If you've never had to make a hard choice. Anyone making a hard choice, which which is beautiful you know. to Catwoman, because at least in live action, the last three Catwomans that I've gotten in my lifetime, that is always been her attitude. It's like you know, yeah. you must be of uh, you must be of white collarness if you're gonna look at me and 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 look down on me. Yeah, this is the line and, and I want to assume that home. This is a line I want to assume uh, when uh, Ben Shapiro left the theater because he said he didn't like the Batman. And I'm assuming once she did the line about it. the white privilege, uh, rich rich people, he was like, you know oh, what? Ben Shapiro God. can get fucked. Okay, no, okay. okay. so I, I was watching a review of these two of these two YouTubers that I really like. And there was a comment, because obviously I read comment section. There was a comment of someone saying, oh. Catwoman's racist in this movie. She's talking about privileged white men. Imagine if a white character said this and blah, blah, blah. 
And I'm like, bro, is that truly your takeaway from this movie? From the fact that she, her life was ruined by a white man in power, Falcone. One, two, she made one, one goddamn comment to Batman where she said the rich white men in power need to get what's coming to them. She made one goddamn comment. And that comment came from after the fact that she was nearly stalked and harassed by a fucking white man in power. And this is not stuff that's beating you over the head like here hate white people because they're rich and and racist and all that it's literally this is what women go through this is what a woman of color goes through this is what people of color and minority groups go through read the fucking context look at what they're saying don't have your takeaway of this is oh she made one comment about white privilege and all of a sudden this is a white knight movie and and disgusting Go go ahead dave Speaking as a white man, are you? Wait a second. Let's Hold go. on, folks. This wait, whoa, whoa, wait, yeah. You're not breaking you. You were offended. If you were offended by her dialogue in that moment, you are the fucking problem. There you go. Yeah, but what do you mean? What, like, what, what? Are you what? Are you like Italian? Are you Irish? What are you? Yeah, I'm fucking Irish, maybe part German. I don't fucking know. I'm white. I'm white bread, bro. I don't fucking know. <laughs> he ain't trying to. I'm, one, I'm Wonder uh, so Bread. That's oh, what so I am. Straight Eastern European. But yeah, no, but it's because I'm Port- I'm Puerto Rican and Greek myself, so I have the half white to me. So I'm like, whoa. He's a halfsy. But we we, we well, I mean, I can I can drink my face off, so I think there's a little bit of Irish and Scottish in there. But that's about as far as it goes. That makes sense. Do you do you like hot sauce? That's all that matters. I do. I see, there you go. Don't worry about it. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> what is, no, but, you know, uh, I think Selena brings up a good point here. If you want to fix what's wrong with Gotham, it doesn't stop at ignoring the people that fall through the cracks, whether they are the sex workers, whether they are the, you know, the, the kids that feel like they have to drug deal because they can't afford to do anything else. Like, you can't just beat up the top mobsters and go home in your California king bed and think that everything else is fucking <laughs> fine and um exactly that's always been kind of the argument and so um they argue about her involvement with falcone and she finally confesses that falcone is her father and he agrees to help and once he does they share a rooftop kiss and she leaves dave you had something to say about this kiss so i was sitting in the theater i was sitting in the theater and after we're done with the actual meat and potatoes of this episode i'll tell you about my early part of the theater experience but this fucking group of people that sat next to me in the theater, as soon as that kiss happened, both women said, oh, that was unnecessary. And I looked right at them and I said, what? <laughs> I said, read a comic. Yeah, it's Catwoman. Read a Batman comic that involves Catwoman and tell me this was unnecessary. Also, the fact that I, they were probably going with the un- I don't want to like, you know, just assume, but I'm guessing because it seems like the, like, you know, Batman initiated it. And Batman initiated a kiss. One hundred percent, one hundred percent feminism on display. But you know what it is. You I'll know fucking what? say it. That it's is not. Is that is not a take of the Major Issues podcast. That no. is the take of Dave from the Department <laughs> of Nerds podcast. I will say this. Um, I Department think, of Nerds people send there the hate mail. Yeah, there one, it is. What? And I'll be there tomorrow. One. 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 One thing that I think people might be forgetting is that they had a very kind of funny. This is my moment that I thought was pretty funny. That moment where she's like, you're just using me. I just feel like a fish on a hook. And he's like, hey, hey, look at me. 
<laughs> and she oh, looks yeah, at him and he gets real head. close to her and he's like yeah just just look at me oh yeah the contacts look good you know like that <laughs> yes they they yeah. they were playing into this kiss they were playing into this kiss the whole film they were playing to this oh moment. god i love that part so much no and but it really shows their chemistry especially when she first breaks into mayor mitchell's house mm. and when he grabs her to put his hands over her mouth because you know the cop is coming in there's this moment where they they breathe together. Yeah. And I'm going to bring I'm going to bring it up later because I'm just going to wait for us to get there, but there's a second moment where this happens but he puts his hand over her mouth, she's like fighting and then realizes what the situation is and they do this inhale exhale in unison where it's like that is the chemistry. One body, That's one breath. Baby. I want. That's it. That's it. Um, oh god the bat and the cat bat and the cat so riddler releases his latest expose and it's all about the waynes the story he tells is bruce's mother martha was formerly martha arkham of the arkham family and was riddled with mental health issues uh the arkham thing like it wasn't necessary she could have been i'll get there when a reporter (laughs) attempted to expose the truth about thomas wayne's wife during thomas's campaign for mayor According to Riddler, he ordered old friend Carmine Falcone, which we found out earlier in the film. After he paid him hush money. Hush money. For an Elliot, (laughs) you know, Edward Elliot, for the murder of Edward Elliot, who might have a son out there called Tommy. Who knows? Might be a thing. Tommy Elliot. Um, Yeah, that he hit. He hit up Carmine and Carmine killed him to silence him. So Bruce Wayne, completely floored by this revelation, goes right to the Iceberg Lounge to confront Falcone. And Falcone echoes the same story as Riddler, saying he was just doing his father a favor by killing that man. But more than that, he also suggests that rival mob boss Sal Maroney might have actually killed both of his parents. So yeah, I like this scene in a in an instance because it is like it's it's a mirror scene of the same exact shot and framing and setup of everything when Batman in suit first goes to the iceberg lounge and has to beat up yes. two twins. Yep. And then he goes back as Bruce Wayne and they do the same thing. One twin opens the door, closes the door, opens it. He's like, "See, I told you it's the guy." It's like oh, it was it was candy. It was just sweet beautiful candy to me i just love that i was i do have a question as you all are more experienced with the source material on this was there ever a storyline where arkham was his mother's maiden name no her name is her maiden name is like kane like kane and and that's what i thought but i didn't know if there was a storyline because i also didn't know there was a storyline where um falcone was or falcone was selena kyle's dad i did not know that Right. Oh, and that that also helps with the Batman himself, the way like Maroni, and even in the Nolan, where Maroni and Falcone were never like eye to eye type of people, because in the Long Halloween, they were the rivals. Like you know how you mentioned Lucky Number Eleven? Yes. Perfect, perfect reference because that is a the rabbi and uh, Morgan Freeman's character in Mm -hmm. Lucky Number Eleven, where these two crime bosses are once worked together and then a rivalry happened and now they, they they're opposing and they have this two uh mansions across the way from each other in the long halloween falcone and maroni were 100 percent rivals like the rabbi I, and I the want boss this man dead yeah, yeah like, i want this man dead and carmine is actively choosing to place the blame on maroni with bruce yeah he's locked up what can he do yeah 
Um, so I thought that that was, that was pretty interesting as well. Um, so the, now he's fucking pissed. Uh, so he goes to visit Alfred in the hospital because he wants to hear it freight straight from his mouth. And he demands to know why the truth was kept from him. Alfred vehemently degrees, uh, disagrees. He denies all the rumors, stating that his father was a good man who made a mistake. Now, I got to pause you real quick. Now, one key point that that kind of just hit me when he said it, when uh, Bruce and Falcone were talking, where mm-hmm. he said, when fear doesn't work, you sometimes got to do the other thing. Yeah. And that kind of, I feel like that was not just a revelation for Bruce thinking that, okay, I put the fear in him and then I ended up having to kill him because that didn't work. But that also kind of hit Batman as well. Like, yeah. That's Fear the might next not work all the time. That's the next weapon. If I'm not ready to just be done with kill, with with scaring them, I have to be good with killing them as well. Right, exactly. Yeah. Is this is this the road that I'm on? You know, I'm I'm over here completely uh, infuriated <sighs> at the, the idea that my dad would put out a hit, but I'm very close to having to kill some of these other people for what they've done in this instance and that can and, and, we, and we talked we talked about colin farrell and how great he did as penguin but john tutoro as falcone bro that's so holy good. fuck so good and th- there's a cockiness in him even when he's lying even when he's blatantly freaking lying he believes the truth he believes in what he's saying and you you, you can see how this man has all of gotham wrapped around his finger yeah for me, um, it's, it, it's the way it's the way that John John Totoro just has this way of delivering dialogue, and and, and I'm gonna use like three, uh, no four, four specific instances from the Big Lebowski, where he's just like, <laughs> "You said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus." To Secret Window, where he's like, "You stole my story." To even even fucking of uh, Transformers, where he first meets the Witwicky family. And he's just speaking in this way where he's just like make, uh, elongating all of his words. Like, I am the Department of, of Security, ma'am. It's like, this man just has a way of not only delivering his dialogue in like a slowed down walk-in version, but it's the smarmy, smug smile with even the most condescending shit he's saying. He has this smile where you're just like, damn it, this man is confident. Him, him and for, was one of the most confident actors I've ever experienced. And let's I not forget his role in Rounders as Kanish. Oh my God, Dave! God damn it, Dave! Dave, you were the man tonight. <laughs> oh, man, bro, bro, like his delivery in that, that game he was so Norton, watch it. He was so calm. He was just yeah. so. He was just there, and you wouldn't think he was a bit. You know, and there you wouldn't think there was any substance to this. But when he's in, when he's coming out of the out of the sauna, when he's getting his fits. And Matt Damon's going up asking for money. He's like, I got, and he just like explains why he does and wh- why, what he does it for. And it's just like, dude, that was fucking powerful. His <laughs> oh, delivery God. is fucking brilliant. You're going to make me watch rounders tonight. I fucking love that movie. That movie's incredible. Edward Norton's the best part of that movie for me. 100%. Oh, so good. So good. They, that, both back, both back of those guys, Batman. both of those guys, I feel to like, uh, Cap, uh, Falcone and Penguin just ooze sleaziness. They just ooze. Oh, it was beautiful, of course, and sleaziness. You can see it coming out of their freaking ears. So beautiful. Bruce has this moment with Alfred, and Alfred's like, "No, listen, your father made a mistake." And once he found out that Falcone killed that guy, he kind of threatened him. Which I, I kind of think that's on Thomas Wayne's fault because it's like, bro, you're asking a mob boss for help, 
Like, like, listen, I just need you to scare him. Well, that's right, a, that's gonna, the that's the last the, scare he ever has. That's that thin line, right? That's what they're talking about. Is that should Thomas have known what Falcone would see as a way he of scaring that man? Should have. But you know, we're led to believe that maybe he was a bit idealistic in thinking about this and was actually shocked about what happened. And then he threatens Falcone, and guess what? Later that night, he goes to the movie theater and he gets got. And so while he can't be sure that Falcon killed his parents, it did happen the same day that he threatened <laughs> he threatened Falcon. Okay. I, I know this I know from coming especially coming from me and the way I love certain angles, this felt a little bit ham fisted. Like every Batman that ever ha- that ever killed Bruce's parents, it was always senseless violence. Senseless violence. Just a uh-huh. junkie needing a fix, needing some money robs these two people in a Fendi dress and a Michael Kors tux, you know, like, right. like that's what it always looked like to me. Even in Joker itself, it was just somebody following the will of, of somebody else killing the Waynes and saying, you get what you deserve. But this was the one instance where I'm like, oh, they are putting a reason why Thomas Wayne is dying and Martha Wayne's dying, but it just felt, it, it felt storylined. It felt like you like you like you had to have it there but i will say like if that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. like no no I, what, what i will say to that is that the film went to great lengths to establish that they they don't know who killed they still don't know who killed his parents no and, 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 and falcon and makes the best the beauty, it's, yeah falcon makes the most sense given the facts that they have but Falcone doesn't ever admit to doing it. He doesn't ever say that he did it, that he killed the, I'll kill you like I killed those Waynes. Like he never, he never admits to doing it. And at one point, um, I think Alfred even says like, I want, I wish I was sure that it was Falcone, but it could have just been some rando. Oh yeah. He, yeah. He's like, I've been replaying. Yeah. He doesn't the, know. The so it's in my head. So it's still totally up for grabs. And I think that's the best way to do it. Make it, uh, make it, um, obscure and make it, you know, uh, Damn, there's another word that I'm missing right now. A a mystery. This is the first Wayne's death was that was legit like a mystery, but this was also the first Wayne's death that serviced the story that was a that 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 made a point where every time the Wayne's died, it was always just this random thug. And I guess I guess I really like the random thug more than the Wayne's died because they were getting too big for their bridges. Yeah, it works. It works better that way, I think, in general. Um, so, him and Alfred are still there. They're so having a lot of, the, the having a lot of truce. Absolutely. Yeah, Tommy, uh, uh, Alfred cheerfully apologizes, and Bruce remarks that uh, he felt fear for the first time in a while at the thought of losing someone close to him, Alfred. So they hold hands, and the scene ends. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful moment between the two. Um, when the bat signal goes up, Batman and Gordon meet up, but it turns out it was neither of them. They investigate to see Selena's up there attacking mm-hmm. the crooked cop that kidnapped Anika. Selena plays them a oh, recording. This was so Dark Knight, the Dark Knight climax to me. Yeah. Where both Gordon and just Batman just show up and uh, the villain is that. Well, I guess they've got to decide. They've got to decide a man's there. fate. They've got to decide a man's yeah. fate and whether or not they're judge, jury, and executioner. Because Selena plays them a recording where Falcone kills Anika because she was told that Falcone was the rat. 
they argue on the rooftop over what to do for, with the crooked cop, and he confesses that since Thomas Wayne died, the mayor, Falcone, and Maroney, and other crime lords split the renewal money between themselves. Falcone then wanted more of the pie, so he used the DA and the police commissioner to get Maroney arrested by acting as an informant. With Maroney gone, Falcon seized control of Gotham City and Maroney's drug deals, and he was protected by the GCPD because, boom, he helped them. He was an informant. So that's why they were so scared to give up the rat. It all come back down to the fact that they, they dealed with a mobster who didn't actually get rid of any of the drugs just so that they could have a almost a symbolic win to the people by arresting Maroney. Um, symbolic was- win to the people and Falcone's got a monopoly on the drug game in Gotham. And been doing it for 20 years, they say. He's been basically the de facto mayor, which I thought was an interesting way to putting his role uh, in in the story. He was essentially the kingpin of this world. Yeah, he was he was kingpin in this specific universe. Totally, and I read over Falcon being the person he was like to this kill. Untouchable deity. Yeah, I mean he's he's had his What's fingers and everything. But I I read over Falcon being the person that killed her homegirl. Selena goes, I I'm going to go over there to kill him. <laughs> so the. She goes over there to talk to him, and their conversation gets interrupted by a news report stating that the GCPD has released audio of Anika's killing by Carmine Falcone. As Falcone stands there, shocked, oh yeah, oh my god! Selena attempts to shoot him point blank when, and misses. Go ahead, brother. When when she when when she first played that phone voicemail, when the cop is like over the over the landing and everything, yeah, and you just hear the it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I'm like, oh. My yeah, he's God, a son of a bitch. <laughs> that's it. Sounded it sounded too real for me. That was my issue. Not it was it, issue as in like like I'm I'm angry at it. Issue with like oh my God, this this sounds actually like like a real recording in real life that was used for a movie. Like this was this was way too much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that's what they're going for the more gritty, realistic version of all this stuff. So. um yeah, they, she's down to kill him. Can't shoot him. Even point blank. Period. Uh, point blank. Uh, Batman infiltrates the club, cuts the lights, cuts through all the armed goons, and eventually saves Selina from Falcone. He stops her from killing Falcone, and they arrest him instead, saying that if he were, if she were to kill him, that she can't come back from that. Um, Batman. This was the second moment because I didn't want to spoil it that they share that labored breathing together oh when he stops where her from shooting batman him? tells her like like yeah he stops her from shooting like puts his hand on her hand and he's yeah, like, he almost calms her gun, he and calms like, her with his demeanor together yeah yeah he calms her with oh her, my his god demeanor. it's so beautiful but also once oh once i got the call more, back more enhancement you brought yeah yeah i got the call, call back? back i got the call back from returns because in return all catwoman wants to do is kill max shrek and Batman at several points is like, don't fucking do it. It's not worth it. It's not worth your life. And she's like, I don't care about my life. I'm going to do it anyway. And, it, uh, and it's so funny because she's like, I got eight more and then kicks the guy over the landing. And it's the same way with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer where every time Max Shrek was shooting her, she's like, seven more, three to oh, go. Like, something like, quick Something quick about my theater experience. It'd be very, very short. When the film came up and you had that big Batman title, I was watching it with my sister. My sister leans over and goes, huh, Marvel does like 20 minutes of credits before they do their film i turn <laughs> i turn to her and i go oh my god yours no honestly is this the is this the same sister that was on the, the harley quinn podcast yeah, two years yeah, ago yeah yeah she 
I don't, I don't know her. I would love to know her one day, but she <laughs> is the, she is the greatest person. I, I hope she's listening because she's the greatest person that you have ever described. <laughs> every time you're, you're like, every time you describe your that specific sister that taught you movies and yeah. and and all that stuff, I'm like, damn, this is the this is the a great older sibling. You have yes. a great older sibling. She said but, that, but and I I, I turned I, wait I turned to her real quick and I, when she said that I turned to her because she was like, said the thing about Marvel and I said. Yeah, but you know what? That means that this is going to be a great movie. Because the fact that they just wanted to get it out of the way, just get the name of the movie out of the way, we're done. We're done. Batman. You know Batman. You're here to see Batman. We're here to see Batman. Done. It reminded me of Joker. No, and yeah, I like it Joker. literally starts with just DC. Yeah, and, and then, then Batman. <laughs> and then Batman. Yeah. And so I was like, I, that's why I turned to her. I'm like, that this is almost the best case scenario. The fact that they didn't draw it out and drag it out tells me that they there's so much movie here that they want you to get past the titles card already. Like just get let's get that shit the fuck out of the way. And, so and you kind of ruined it in the beginning where where you were where you said that there's a lot of in like enhancements to the Nolan film because there was many 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 times that every time Batman was in this club, I just see that moment where he chases Maroni. Yeah, where he just goes after Maroni in Dark Knight. And throws him off the thing. He breaks his ankles. <laughs> Shit. Yep. One one quick thing to note that I just realized that I I noticed yesterday, but I just realized that when you said about the the credits and everything, their marketing for this movie is fucking top notch. Because I went into my movies app to watch a different movie yesterday for another podcast I do, and every DCEU movie, the cover had the title characters on it, but it was red and it had a little bat. Up at the top oh, left this of the square. Oh, this was great snap. marketing. That's great crazy. Marketing. That's so. Good. It was on all of them. That's so good. Yeah, that's so cool. They, I mean, it's the only thing like they, they got nothing else tying themselves to each other. So I'm glad they were able to find some fucking something to make it all look good. Um, I'll send you a picture after this. Please do. Uh, so yeah, we stopped them from killing Falcone. Um, we're getting him arrested. Uh. Him and Oz get into an argument on the steps. I love the anger that Oz has when he finds out he's a yes. rat. <laughs> yes, yes, no, 100, 100%. It was, it, it, I know it's a movie, but in that moment, it takes you out where you're like, yo, these are real people. And you're like watching a That's documentary cool. in a sense. Because when, when, when it was outed that he was the rat, he's like, whoa, whoa, what do you mean? What? You yeah, like he's like, like you fucking rat. And he's like, oh, oh, you think you're the big guy now that I'm out of the way and shit? Oh, that's bro, he pulls out that so gun good. with no problem. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna fucking shoot you in front of this entire block of cops. And and we hear a shot, but it's not him. Turns out that gunshot came from across the street, and it is revealed that that's the Riddler's hideout. But anyway, um, you know, get far, uh, Carmine Falcone gets shot. He was the rat that they had to bring out into the light. And thus he gets got for doing so. Now I need to ask you a question, both of you guys. Yeah. Do you think he died? hundred percent. I think he died. You know why? Because upon rewatch, don't. upon rewatch, he makes it a point to tell Batman that all the things that he knows will go down with him in his grave. <laughs> yes. Upon rewatch, that felt a little uh, bit cryptic. See, I have to. And then he oh, gets man. shot, and it's like, okay. yeah, okay. So they're really trying to make I, it the like, reason. I'm I'm inclined to agree with you on that instance, but. As far as like you know, entry point and the exit point goes, it looks like he got shot in his shoulder. But one of the like things George is with the Squid Game shit, like with, yeah, the, with, yeah. with the detective. You but with that, with the angle it came in at, it could have went straight through his lungs into his heart. Like that, that man's dead. 
but one of the things is well, also you're talking you're angling yeah because the, yeah. The, the the riddler was above so it wasn't like right. a grounded 90 degree angle shot it was like a 45 degree angle shot i just the way it looked like it hit him and he fell it kind of looked like he got grazed in the shoulder but i, I also I love in this the, moment the clavicle I love in this moment how Penguin just walks out and he's like, so you're the fucking rat, basically? That's like, was he saying. was ready like, to just like, it. I'm fucking taking you down. Which shows how oh, the much was like he's getting arrested he and he's like screaming. I didn't I shoot him. Gun. I didn't, I didn't even shoot gun. him. What are you talking about? I didn't about? fire the gun was the best. Um, But no, you're talking about. Up there, came from there. Now, while I do agree that What's most up? of the time with this stuff, the shootings and stuff like that, these deaths can be faked out. But Salvatore... Maroney and Falcone both only serve one narrative in Batman lore, and that is to be his initial antagonist True. because after he gets rid of the mob in every instance, and you'll see it in this as well, after he gets rid of the mob, the next series of antagonists become more theatrical. That's the, the entire gallery, story. The you start getting the, the freaks. And, yeah. You start getting the freaks in, in this, um, and we, we, we'll start to see those soon as well. Because um, Batman just rushes into the apartment. He like breaks through the window and does a combat roll. <laughs> Ain't nobody there. Ain't nothing to find there, but he so, fucking does it. So beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful the way he just does that. Like, that combat roll why, through the fucking window. Felt, yeah, that actually felt like Batman. He was like pissed. Batman. And especially since the Arkham games, where you where if there's a bad guy in like a window pane, you can choose to do that kick. So when you do that glide kick, minute right you through. hit the floor, you roll. Combat roll, yeah. That's how it goes. I, also, the whole movie went by and we none of us mentioned it, but also best fucking grappling hook in goddamn oh, yeah. Batman. He's using it as a regular weapon to stab through people and shit. <laughs> Spelunking. And it was it wasn't it wasn't a bat batarang with a with a wire on it. It wasn't a bat grappling hook with a with a with a, it was a standard grappling hook. It was a legit. It shot through the concrete and locked, and I'm like, yes, this is a damn hooked on a radiator when he yes. was going up the building. <laughs> yeah, I also like that it's not branded. Like all his stuff ain't branded yet. Like you know, like just use nope. what you can. Nope, not yet. He doesn't even have a batarang, and and as much as I hate. Okay, no, that's his I chest piece. Fact, well, yes, but I also hate the I hate the fact that in the Nolan movies that we got in Batman Begins specifically him making batarangs, and not just that he made batarangs, he made a whole arsenal of batarangs. And in Batman in Dark Dark Knight, you can see him having collapsible ones. Yeah, but we got one batarang in three movies. So in this movie, the fact that he wasn't branded like that yet, and his chest piece acted like sort of a a, a cable cutter slash batarang, I will accept it. I don't accept giving us him making the batarangs and, and never showing them, never showing them. Yeah, it, um, that pissed me off. So uh, as as they're doing all that stuff, they get a, a tip that they saw somebody leave Riddler's house. So they follow that tip to a coffee shop where Riddler, a.k.a. Edward Nashton, allows himself to be arrested. Uh, Bella Real wins the election that night and is celebrating as got at Gotham Square Garden while Gordon and the GCPD go through Nashton's apartment. They continue to investigate and Batman finds the carpet tucker one of, in one of the rat cages with a card that says, My Confession. They find out that he's been posting things online and getting more followers, even having posted a video last night. 
Batman surveys the madman's apartment and believes Nashton might know who Batman is. Just then, Gordon gets a call saying that Riddler is asking for him. Nashton oh, not, is to, not to cut you off real quick, right. but a, a sec, a, a, for me, a second funny line in this mm. movie. And, and it, it, it wasn't even funny that the way it was written, because I know it was supposed to be written to be comedical, but it was Paul Dano's um, delivery of it is when they go into the diner. And they're like, get your hands up, get your hands up. A pumpkin pie. Yep. He's like, I just ordered a pumpkin pie. <laughs> I fucking die. I, that was like the second moment where I, I could not, my chest would have hurt it if I contained the laughter and it just involuntarily came out. He's just like, I just ordered a pumpkin pie though. Like, <laughs> you fucking sick bastard. Fuck they, you. <laughs> and they're going to be, uh, you know, that they're in season. Halloween was just a couple I, days ago. I oh do God, love. Right. I do and, love and in that. Pie is like a Thanksgiving pie too. I do love in that scene though, where they got him face down on the counter, and he's just looking, and he's just kind of got kind of like a surprise, but not really look on his face. But when he notices the Batman outside the window, he goes to a like a creepy smile. He gets happy. I was just about. He gets happy, and because because that was to me. And I might be wrong because I haven't I haven't read nearly enough comics as the rest of our co-hosts here. But to me, Riddler was always someone that got his jollies off on Batman being able to figure his riddles out. Yeah, he his thing was always I know I'm smarter than Batman, but every time Batman one ups me. I get off. I, 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 I'm totally getting off right now, bro. You're like, you know, like, <laughs> there's, a bit of, shit. there's a bit of that to this, but there's even more. And we're going to get into it because, um, you know, they say Riddler's asking for him. So he goes to Arkham. Nashton is a full blown sociopath and he thinks his killings are justified and a method of setting things right in a city that kind of threw him away and others away. He starts to repeat the name Bruce Wayne as if he does know that Bruce Wayne is Batman, but he changes the subject to mean that he hated Wayne for dominating headlines after his parents were killed. Um, he claims that Wayne doesn't know the true despair of being an orphan, being forgotten, or being invisible. But this is what it is, Dan. You he can't explains, be an orphan when you go home to a mansion. Yeah. He explains that they are the same, Batman and the Riddler. Hiding under masks so they don't have to worry about shame or limits. He also states that they are a good team. He believes, honestly, Riddler in this film believes that Batman is helping him get these people killed. He believes, he says, without because, Batman's help, yeah. Carmine Falcone would have never been brought out into the light in a position where he could then be shot. So he, because he, he believes in he a twisted way. Because he on the fact of Batman's yeah. intelligence. But not only that, he thinks that Batman's a willing helper in this. He thinks that they're friends. He thinks that they're they're together are two weird gimmicked characters that are helping ba uh, Gotham get better. So when Batman starts to deny that they're they friends, are opposite sides to the same coin. Yeah, when Batman starts to deny that they were ever working What's together that? or ever friends, he like literally starts going. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, but he's over it. Um, he says that Batman's ability to be uh, to use fear and violence as a motivator was an instant inspiration for Riddler. So right then and there, we're seeing the true effect that Bruce Wayne is having on his city. He's creating Riddlers. So all of this, has, you know, comes to Batman for the very first time. He never even thought that this guy. He thought he was working opposite this guy, and this guy thinks he's working hand in hand with Batman. So when Batman asks him what he's done, he just sings Ave Maria as his reply and. Hoping to find clues, Batman goes back to Nashton's apartment to find video and a map of Gotham. 
uh, Riddler's plan. Right, I just want to bring this up real quick. Go ahead. Yeah, if you don't mind. I, I, I just want, I hope, I don't know if you guys noticed this. Batman and Riddler, the same way that Clarice Starling, and I mean like Jodie Foster, Clarice Starling, and Anthony Hopkins, Hannibal Lecter, they never shared one frame together. They were in scenes together. They acted alongside together. But mm. I mean in the same actual frame, Batman and Riddler were never in the same frame together. Oh no. And that is that is the making of a fucking beautiful crime story of a be- beautiful detective noir type setting. The I fact can see that, that Batman and Riddler never once were in the same exact frame together. And if they and if you want to say, yeah, well, they were in frame. No, 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 my friends. They were in an over-the-shoulder shot. They were in, they were in reverse image shots where you get one shot of Riddler being arrested by the police, and then the next shot is Batman standing outside the window. They never shared the same uh, personal space, is what I mean to say, together. If you consider them two sides of the same coin, you can't take a picture of two sides of the same coin at the same time. You cannot. At the, you can. I fucking love you for that. So that, that is, makes a lot that of is, sense. No, makes a lot of sense. That is the most beautiful part of that. I've never heard an expression like that where you. Can, I make these shits truly, up, bro. We out here. <laughs> you can it. actually truly not take a, a picture of both sides of the same coin in at the in, same in time. One. No, at the same you time, you cannot take a picture of both sides of the same coin. No, and that is that is the making of a beautiful, you know, focal character uh, of a mirror character. Like when, like you cannot have two. Like even like look at um Walter White in Breaking Bad when he went to the bald guy. Yeah. They didn't share a scene, scene together. They weren't in the same frame. They were it was an over the shoulder shot of each stay out of my territory and then the reaction to hearing stay out of my territory. When you have shots like that, when you're setting up two characters that's good and evil, literally the the the, the opposite sides of each other, but you don't have them in the same frame, but you can have them in the same scene. Lord, yeah, Lord, this, is all, this is all done expertly well, and it was, it was all it's so purposeful, it's, everything is so on purpose. Um, and it, in a scene you know, uh, that's pretty fucking horrific, Ritter's plan is to detonate bombs across Gotham's shoreline, causing the city to flood faster than people can be saved. Suddenly, this l- literally starts to happen in real time, showing Batman was too late. Uh, those in the heart of the city are evacuated to Gotham Square Garden, where multiple followers of the Riddler are already shown to be waiting for them with rifles. Riddler has given his army a mission to show that renewal is a joke, and so they are emboldened by his message, and they are there to to act on his behalf. Inside GSG, Gotham Square Garden, Gordon tries to evacuate the mayor, but the new mayor, but she chooses to try to inspire the people, and then she is shot for her efforts. Which I was like, what? What was the point of that? <laughs> what was the point of all that? Uh, Batman crashes through the skyline in a badass moment. Yo, that um, shit was so dope. It just breaks through oh, that. Yeah, one hundred percent. And destroys Riddler follower one by one. I also love. I'm sorry to cut you off, George. I just love how he crashed through. And had no regard for the sharp glass falling down on the citizens below. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all for the visual. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah. They got to worry about drowning and, and shattered glass coming down uh, on top yeah, of You them. know, it, it's a tough life Dave, out there. Dave, monochrome red, Dave. Batman crashing in monochrome red. What oh, else yeah. did you act? Forget I mean, it was, the, pre- it was pretty the, badass. Forget the people down below. Monochrome <laughs> red. <laughs> 
uh, the 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 Ritter goons proved to be too much, and eventually Batman's knocked down, but Selina manages to save him. Damaged and bruised, Bruce can't even stand up, but when he sees Selina being attacked by one of those Riddler goons, he pulls out and injects himself with some adrenaline, and then damn near beats that man to death before being pulled away by Gordon. I just uh, want everybody to know that uh, th- this man, George, hits me up. He's like, yo, he injected himself with venom, didn't he? I it was and then venom, he sends bro. Me, he sends me the, the, the cover photo of a Batman comic, like Batman and Venom or something. Yeah, well, he's I, all hooked up on drugs. That might happen, bro. I, you don't I, know. I, I I know it sounds weird, and they're they're, they're pro- definitely this is like a shot in the dark trying to hit a dartboard. But I, in my head, the second he took out that little like EpiPen, I thought it was Scarecrow's fear toxin. Yeah. I cannot. People th- people thought it was Bane's venom. That's no, what that's, what George, thought, that's thought, what George is saying. That's what George is saying. Like it's, it, because there's a comic where or Batman's addicted to Bane's venom and. What the more I hear it, the more it makes sense. But I cannot lie as if the very instant thought I thought of was, yo, did he just inject himself with Scarecrow's toxin? Because especially when Jim Corden tries to stop him and he has this look in his eyes and you can say it, it's an adrenaline rush type look. But for yo, me, he it looked like fear. It, he it did like that and fear. he was just like, <laughs> it, 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 it seemed like the person that he was seeing when he was literally wailing into them was, was the was the no no face person that killed his parents and he was just he was just killing crime itself i interpreted it as is this dude was trying to kill the embodiment of crime itself and when gordon pulls him he has this look in his eyes that you can only equate to fear yeah but that's that, that yeah that, that's yeah that's mean. a good point i didn't think of that yeah and the the fear from the people who he respects the most now is not only just a random kid or a random you know man that he saves on the street, but even Catwoman takes several steps back and is like, "What the fuck? Like, who who is this man? <laughs> what have I gotten myself into?" And when they unmask the man, he really says that this? he's vengeance. He thinks that he's vengeance. He thinks that his uh, he has the right to do what Batman's doing, being masked and taking justice into his own hands. And all of a sudden, Batman sees the mirror. He sees the kind of twisted people he's creating. Um, and so massive waves come crashing into Gotham Square Garden, and when a power line is dangerously close to killing some civilians, Batman uses his chest emblem to sever the power line before using a flare to light the uh, the way for others to get to safety. For the first time in this film, Batman looks directly into the eyes of the citizens of the people he's trying to protect, and realizes that he needs to be something other than fear, and he needs to inspire things more than fear like hope. He realizes in this moment that Batman has to be more than the weaponized anger of a boy who lost his parents. And in being more, he could possibly accomplish more. We get some more monologue where one week after Riddler's attack on Mayor Mitchell, the city is now underwater. Penguin surveys the damage. The new mayor claims that they will not only rebuild the city, but they're going to rebuild faith in Gotham. Batman remarks that we can only survive ours. Go ahead, brother. Uh, I just... Because a lot of the fact that GSG confirmed that this Gotham is Manhattan, I just have to ask, how below sea level is Gotham that they need a seawall? Oh, I'm not sure. I wonder if there's anything, because there's that a bit of this that looks like London as well. That That's my only, like, I, I truly, just like with Batman, with where I have my issue where, okay, Dave, I just want you to know that I I love Batman. I think Batman is a great 
100% top five best comic book movies alone. But every time I see it, I can't help but get taken away from the fact that this man reconstructed a thumbprint from a shattered shell casing. Yeah, I never in a, understood in a that. Brick wall. Like, but but so I I have this movie only makes sense that we would have its one moment. Why it does Manhattan have a seawall? I live in the five boroughs. Me and George, you well, George used to, but I live in the five boroughs. I've been to Manhattan. There is no seawall surrounding Manhattan. But I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to throw this out at you and I do this all the time to uh, our buddy Dalton on the other show. This is a fictional city that does not True. exist. True, but the, but but my counter to that is you are li- Madison Square Garden is a stadium in Manhattan. They No, I know. Manhattan. I know. They they had an actual New York City 42nd Street skyline. In this movie, you saw the Empire State Building, the Chrysler Building. Yeah, and, and, and what looked to be Times Square almost, but it was, you know, Gotham no. Square. Yeah. but, exactly. but and, and, and I get that, but I also think what they're trying to do with Gotham City is it is this run-down, dingy, dirty, gritty town that's below everybody else. And they showed that by being just a little bit below Seawall. They had to show you they were below everybody else by literally being below Right, and I think I think else. putting it in an image helped show like, okay, Gotham's not that great. Right. Okay, for the pe- yeah, for the people that don't understand like Right, you know, like, for the casual yeah. watcher of a comic book movie. Yeah, you're gonna have to get those tell don't show oh oh no show don't tell type right yeah. i'll also add this all right i'll add this what's up for my shots of gotham when i saw it i did see the obvious if you lived in new york you get the obvious homages to times square but a lot of that a lot of what you saw was london it was a better london okay. in there as well yeah now literally a 30 second google search says that there's something called the Thames barrier or a tactical barrier that is designed to prevent the flooding of greater London <laughs> because of high tides. I forgot they filmed most of this in London. I forgot oh all my about God. that. So I actually didn't know that the principal photography was in London. So the principal photography was in London. That they mixed up London sense. and uh, New York and added this, this seawall. That's an actual thing in London uh, for this as well. And yeah, like there, there's a method to the madness. There's totally a method to the madness. Whether or not it checks all yeah. the way out, I don't know. But there's, there's, you know, it no, kind of no, I, no. The the fact that you brought it, because I actually truly, one hundred percent, did not know that the principal photography was London. So knowing that the principal photography was in London, but a lot of the establishing shots was in New York, it kind of, it's like that San Fran Tokyo, like when they mix San yeah, Francisco yeah. and Tokyo together, it totally. It, it totally, make, totally makes sense. All right, that helped. It, that that helped better. All right, there you go. See, uh, that's that- what the Mister Podcast is all about. Oh, wow, baby. Batman remarks that we can, uh, if we can survive our scars, we can be transformed. We can have the power to endure and the strength to fight. At Arkham, Riddler cries in his cell and he is comforted by an unnamed prisoner in the cell next to him who tells him he did a good job. The stranger tells Riddler that he might be a friend and they maniacally laugh together. As most people know by now, this person was played by Barry Cogan. Um, and is considered to possibly be the Riddler, or the Joker, or the person who will be eventually the Joker if he's not the Joker currently. So we're back there. Uh, that's fun. Um, later, Batman meets with Selina, who says the city can't change, 
and now it's set to get worse. She tries to convince him to leave, but he won't go, so he wishes her luck, and the bat and the cat go on their separate ways. The end. I got something I to just, say about I the Joker. I love the fact that 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 uh, Catwoman stated out in the open that she's going to Bloodhaven, and yeah. that Bloodhaven exists in this universe. Because then, then I could just I, I could just play with my own headcanon where the guy that had the half faint, painted face is the actor that since he's the actor that plays Tim Drake, Tim Drake could be from Bloodhaven, and you know we can get a little yeah. The uh, Robin meeting Catwoman and Catwoman. There's there's so many ways we can play. The fact that they brought in Bloodhaven just helps that we could bring in so many different elements. Yeah, it's in one. Broken. And as much as I love comic book accuracy, I just want I just want more. Like I, I hope I'm not crazy for asking for more, but after no. this movie, I truly want more. Um, that Joker scene. I might be in the minority here, but I feel it was very unnecessary. I knew well, they were no, going to do not, it, yeah, and I knew they didn't have any restraint. I'll agree with you. We've had Joker how many times now? Every we don't, time. We don't, oh, my God. Every time. And, That's and, the answer and, to that question. You know that, right? And, and no. I don't. And I That's don't. Exactly. The answer to his question, how many times have we had Joker, is every time. Every now, single every Batman time. has had a cinematic Joker. Every single one. Now, I do not... And, 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 I do not, I, I don't dispute the fact that we're going to have a Joker in the future, like bring him in in the next movie, intro him in the next movie, shit like that. I, I get that. Give me one first Batman movie without a fucking and no, Joker you, reference. You are right on that because like, all right, so I want yes, one. Batman, be, Bat, Batman Begins did start without a Joker. So you do have that. Give me one. Okay. No, so I don't because at the end of it, reference. he hands him a fucking card. Joker reference. But yep. you, I, I know it's a Joker reference. I don't. I, I don't no, want a actually, reference. I to, no, I understand. I, I actually I do understand. Okay, so Ben, no, because Ben Affleck still had a reference. Every single one. Every one of them. <laughs> I'm God telling you. Damn. Every, I wouldn't say it and, if it and, wasn't and true. You have, no, you have to count the '90s, even if it's different Batman's. You have to count that as all as one universe. So, yep. Even with the Schumachers, it's still the original. You already Burton got the verse. Joker. Yep. Damn, got Joker. From Adam, Adam West first Adam movie Adam has from, a Joker. Yeah. Yes. Every single one. I want Every one movie without a Joker. One they could have took out three minutes of that movie. Even, it could have been two and hours and fifty-three Joker's minutes with no fucking Joker, and I would have been happy. And like honestly, having the Joker in every first appearance of a fucking Batman is the same feeling I have towards Joss Whedon. It's fucking unnecessary. It's fucking ridiculous, and they need to be stopped. Yeah. The worst part is, is even in Joker himself. His own standalone movie, he still had Bruce Wayne. He had to reference Batman. Yeah. Bruce Wayne's parents died in Joker's own movie. Like, what the And fuck? that was about five years ago. We're back at it. We're yeah. back at it again. So, yeah, it's not We're great. We're back at it. I back like the actor. Like a crack addict. I like the actor. So there's there's some saving grace there. But besides that. No, I know, love Barry Krogan. I do. I love him, too. I think he's going to be a great Joker. The laugh, the Joker laugh, it didn't sell me. Nope, nope. Well, thank you for bringing that up because I was going to ignore it. That is, I, I, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but that's probably the worst Joker laugh I've ever heard. I'm going with Leto still. Mm. No, no, Leto. No, and I, it was in my head. He's like a little bit tied with Leto, but it was, it was the Until way he, he says honka honka, he's not the worst, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I, I know, but you know, my, 
My thing is, it's the labored laugh. It's the way Joker had that. Ah, ah, ah. But Barry Logan has the. Ah, 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 ah. They both have this labored laugh. And it's like, if you're going to go Joker laugh, you got to go balls to the walls. My- you got to go all out. You cannot have a labored Joker his, laugh. His laugh actually sounds more similar to Ledger's than it did anyone else's. My issue with Barry's laugh was it was the same repeating three laughing syllables. That's yeah. my also, best that, way that, to put that it. That is the problem too. It, there was right. there was no inflection. There was no there was no volume change. It was the same across the board. Yeah, yeah, I can. And that's what to this day. It was very so it was very boring day, for me. Live action. What's up? Sorry, go ahead. The, the, the laugh was very boring for me. It didn't draw me in. It was just like, fuck. Now, I will say this. The shrouded look of him. Oh, that was fucking awesome. Oh, no. And that's why they... Cre- and I, I had to bring it up on the podcast, but when I was looking in the credits, they credited Brian Azzarello. When they were crediting... They had a special thanks, and they were naming a bunch of comic book writers. And one of the comic book writers that got credited was Brian Azzarello. I wish Sean, and Sean Murphy got credited, too, but that's neither here nor there, but the reason why they, I know, and I didn't look it up, but the reason why I know they cry, credited Azarelio is because if you look at the way his cheeks were, that's the Joker from 2008 comic. I mm-hmm. own that comic. I knew I saw possession. him from somewhere. The fucking, the, like the burnt scar in the side of his face. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, like, if you, yeah, if you look up on Google, Brian Azarelio Joker, you're going to get the closest thing to a Heath Ledger comic book Joker. And I, George, did it come out before? I think it came out after. After it was afterwards because it was it was inspired by that. It was inspired by the Heath. Yeah, they they made a comic book Joker that was inspired by Nolan's Joker, and it was by Brian Azzarello. And it it was probably the it was probably the story that made me not like him anymore. I think they should just trickle him in a little bit of something in the second one and make him the big oh big bad or whatever in the third but don't if, don't if, don't if, yeah. if i'm gonna be if i'm gonna be ballsy for a moment if you're gonna do this in the bat girl in the bat girl tv show anyways give me brendan fraser as fly firefly in the next movie but that's not, not that's the different supposedly that's a different universe because that universe has michael keaton as batman he's confirmed for the bat isn't this all gonna be the same no, no. Didn't they, they no, say they, they, Pattinson they, was going to be the no, Batman DCEU uh, they, moving forward? Uh, it's been said. No, they said. They said it's specifically not DCEU, not DC Connections. This is its literal own universe. But I thought they came out when they said that they signed this up for a trilogy that he was going to be the Batman moving forward. They changed it. But no, the he's going to be the Batman moving forward probably as a new Batman, but I, it was recently. Not in a shared said, universe kind so, of. So now DC yeah, is going to have two universes going on because they can't get their fucking shit together? Well, Fuck you, Warner Flash. Brothers. Blame the Flash. Maybe Fuck even three. Maybe even three, because like again, you're gonna have your movies, you're gonna have your TV shows, and you're gonna have your HBO Max exclusives. Uh, so it's just so very. Who's, very the, who's to say the, the little kid from Gotham doesn't grow up to be Batman? I mean, if they don't give him that job eventually, it was suit. a waste. It was a waste if they don't give him that job eventually. It's all for yeah, that. But they, it, no, it was a waste because literally the final season they put the kid in the costume in a flash forward. So, but I think I think man, it, you know, I I do really like this movie. I like I said, I'm not a hundred percent. Com- comforted comfortable with putting it over the dark night yet i might you know as the years progress as i watch it more as i watch them two side by side um i wish right, there so was a little bit by, i have a question then uh, mm. going by initial if you can remember because i know i can remember if you can remember your initial reaction to the dark night when you saw it i thought it was the greatest the thing i've ever seen time. in my entire life 
in my entire like over, what did you- like not even a comic book film. I felt like the biggest best movie I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> in general. And and, and 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 because you already said that, like uh, of the of of a decade, uh, the Prestige was the best movie of the decade for you. Yeah, I yeah, I, and I love the fucking yeah. Prestige, and I love Chris Nolan. So I'm in the bag a little bit more for that director than than this. But again, I think that this is setting up for quite possibly the best Batman movie. But what because- was your initial reaction when you walked out of this movie? That it was great, but then the first question was, "But is it greater than the Dark Knight?" Literally, my head okay. asked me that. Literally, instantly. That, that, that's that, yes. But is it? But is it not? And is it? And it is. I'm sorry. It was. But is it? it but it, is it? But is it? Dave, yeah. what about you? here's what was your here, Dave when you walked out of the Dark Knight for the first time? What was your initial reaction for seeing the Dark Knight for the first time? At that point, that was the best Batman movie that I'd ever, I'd ever seen. And what is your initial reaction now that you walked out of the Batman? This is the best Batman movie I've ever seen. <laughs> see, it's, now, here's my question, though. How are we grading this movie? What factors go into this movie? Because I did go into The Dark Knight nitpicky already because I was like, okay, we know they're bringing in Joker. We know they're doing this. We know they're doing that. This is the second movie. They've got their feet under them. Batman Begins was a hit. It wasn't amazing, but it was really, 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 really good. How is this going to stack up? And it blew Batman Begins out of the water. However, I still found myself nitpicking at certain things. The scene changes were too fast. They didn't, they didn't elaborate enough on some scenes that they should have where they elaborated on others where they didn't need to. Two-Face was fucking robbed of a phenomenal fucking role as a villain in, this, in those movies. Um, obviously, we couldn't get more of the Joker because of what happened to Heath Ledger, RIP. However... His introduction that the Dark Knight is not a Batman movie. That is a Joker movie. Yeah, I think we, I think yeah. we could argue that. Yeah, the cinematography was great. Christopher Nolan knows what he's doing. I will give him that. Michael Caine is one of the best and most remembered Alfreds of our generation. Christian Bale, good Batman, better Bruce Wayne. But. Every superhero movie up until this one that I can remember, and, I, and I'm going to give you a couple of prime examples, the title character does not, does not appear in their, in their costume more than three to maybe four times. Oh, Think- no, 100% Batman. I will, I will agree that like in, in the Dark Knight, in the Nolan trilogy, it, even if he was the titular character, Batman was more of a supporting character than exactly. Else. Think Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Then you really got yeah, you got more of Gotham than you got of Spider of uh, than you got of Bruce Wayne. But right. As far as and, factors and, go into what you uh, to, to what we would grade the movie on, it's it's storytelling. It's I I do want to say comic book accuracy because this is a comic book podcast, so you have to go on what you what you remember loving the most about the Batman you read. To watching the to seeing the Batman that you're watching, storytelling, acting, cinematography. There's all what what do you qualify as a great comic book and a great Batman movie? So obviously everything that goes into making a film, cinematography, music, the score for the Batman was fucking incredible. Oh, Michael Giacchino, a goddamn master. Um, you also gotta think supporting roles. How well did they play? One of the supporting characters in The Dark Knight ended up being the main character. It was a Joker-driven movie. It was Batman trying to follow the Joker the whole time. Granted, 
in the Batman, Robert Pattinson was following the Riddler the whole time. However, he had his own side story that was developing right in front of us, and it kicked off when he started the inner monologue as a fucking detective without a badge. And to me, that's what made this film so beautiful was that it was not just a comic book movie. It was it was a well-written story that had so many moving pieces, but it was built into this well-oiled machine that just, yeah, it was three hours, but if that's your only complaint, so fucking what? It was fucking incredible. And Start that to is finish, you can't I sit there and tell me you weren't bored. If you were no, bored for any of that movie, you, you, you're not a fucking Batman fan. Right. No, and that's that 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 is why I bring up that fact of all right. So before Thursday, before I ever saw the Dark Knight, before I ever saw the Batman, the Dark Knight to me was the greatest comic book movie that ever existed for one simple fact. If you take out Batman, it is still one of the most compelling crime dramas, crime thrillers you ever saw. Because 100%. Like you don't need you don't need Batman and the Batman action films. Keep the Joker. Keep the Joker. Keep 100%. That was a great crime film. Yes. And that is what I felt about this. The only, the only thing about this movie is there was literally maybe three scenes of Bruce Wayne. Maybe probably two. Two scenes of Bruce Wayne throughout this entire movie. You saw nothing but Batman. So you can't take batman out of this movie but if you put batman in a regular suit with a fedora smoking a cigarette like a 40s noir it is still a comp even without the comic book ties it's a mm -hmm. compelling crime drama 100 and that's so one thing i, I loved about this is, is we that's one thing i loved about this so much is we actually got the title character in the movie it was about him, so we got him. You look at Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, even Iron Man 3. How many times do you see Tony Stark in the Iron Man suit? Three Only times or max. Yeah. Or when he wants to get drunk. Look, yeah. at, look at Thor. He wielded the power of Thor twice in the first movie, and he was in his suit or his uh, his armor twice in that movie in well, in the no yeah okay fine the first thor yeah the first the first and george knows that i have a problem with it because i don't like the fish out of water yeah i so, fucking I, hated that movie I, I i hate fish out of water type stuff but i get what you're saying that, but like, even captain it, america the first avenger the first fucking hour of the movie was him leading up to, it was the origin was story we, for the first hour we yeah. didn't get an origin story and that's one of the big things i appreciated about this because it wasn't the same drawn out well bruce is a kid well Bruce is an orphan. His parents die. Yeah, right. I, oh, his parents are dead. Now. There go the pearls down the sewer drain. Haven't seen that a thousand fucking times. And, no, but this is the and I know because it's if you're gonna count by iterations, if you're gonna count by actual universe iterations, this would be the fourth new Batman we get. But besides Nolan, we we haven't really gotten a Batman that's already established. Like we get we we got Affleck. And we got Keaton. Yeah. Like you always have to like get introduced to Batman in some sense. And well, absolutely. But we got the best introduction possible. Him pummeling a clown at a train stop. Oh, it was God. fucking brilliant. Now I will say this, as far as the actual Batman live screen goes, and this is one thing I hate about the story of Ben Affleck as Batman. Before this, Ben Affleck was my Batman. 
Period. Really? No ifs, ands, or buts. Yes. Oh, man. Bale was still always... Bale will always mm, be my... The voice, the no, voice killed now. it for me. Pattinson is my Batman, but before Pattinson, Bale was my Batman forever. But Affleck, for me, he got robbed because he didn't get a solo movie. He true, had a true, fucking true. terrible studio around him, so the, the movies surrounding his Batman were awful. Uh, but yeah, the yeah, Batman yeah, right. himself, when we got him alone, the, the warehouse scene in Batman v Superman is fucking epic. Yeah, yeah. You no, know what I'm no, saying? You see right. what I'm getting at? Like, if he you was, put he, that in a, a fucking solo film. On top of a shitty movie, yeah. Exactly. So my thing with that is he was an incredible Batman. We got an old, disgruntled, beaten down Bruce Wayne. He was pissed off at the world. He lost Robin. He didn't care about anything other than doing his job as Batman. And that's what I love because one, it wasn't the origin story again. Two, it was it was an established Batman. It just had a shitty movie surrounding him. And if he got the Cape Crusader movie like he was supposed to get, it would have been fucking epic. Well, the movie that he wanted to do and he was set to produce, direct, act in, it ended up turning into Matt Reeves' project that we get now that we're talking about. I thought he wasn't supposed to act in it. I thought this was just no, him wanting to no, write he was one. To, he, no, he was, was, he do was both. producing. Yeah, he was oh. producing, directing, and acting. Mm-hmm. But the because of studio interference and him not... He took the acting able- gig to do the director gig. Oh, no but, shit. And, yeah. and, he, and the problem was is he, he wanted to do both gigs at 100% maximum level. And he couldn't be the best director and the best actor at the same exact time. Well, they also this his film was going to be tied into the DCEU, and they didn't even know what the fuck the DCEU was. So the closer that yeah. they started to realize where they were starting to make changes, one of the changes was taking him out of it completely. Um, my thing with the Dark Knight stuff is I feel like it's, there's no way to mathematically prove which one is better. They're both awesome flavors of ice cream. My What ties me is I love Gordon in uh, Dark Knight. I love Two-Face in Dark Knight. Um, I love that story because that story is also taken off of one of my favorite hot, um, Batman stories. Um, but it's not like it's weird to say, but almost every time I say something good about the Dark Knight, people think I'm saying something bad about the Batman. But it's not. It's no, not no, that no. Way. I get it. And so no. um, I will love the Batman. It needs to stay with me to become a classic the way that dark knight has the way that i got multiple rewatches and i watched the special features when you've done all that with a film it's very hard for another film to just get on top oh no yeah now not only do i know yeah now not only do i know why they've made the dark knight but i know why they made the music for the dark knight and why they shot certain things and where the inspiration was from they'll get a time where i'll be able to obsess over this to that length and maybe it does come right above the dark knight and if it does on anybody else's list bro i got no fucking problem with it because again this is the most batman movie to ever batman they, hands down i, I they, that is it something is, that it is. an argument argument for me this is the most and batman aside movie from michelle batman. pfeiffer zoe kravitz did a fucking phenomenal no, job oh, as no. and, and that's yeah. what i want to bring up is like okay so like for me this is the best on-screen batman i ever got this is the best on-screen catwoman i ever got but when it comes down to who was the better Alfred and who was the better Jim Gordon, Jeffrey Wright and uh, all right, I, I, I'm sorry, Jeffrey Wright, but uh, Gary Oldman is the best Gordon ever portrayed. Ever portrayed. It's Gary Oldman that he he is Jim Gordon and Alfred. It's with the same Michael Caine is Alfred. I know a lot of people want that pencil mustache 
bald head, like on the side, George Costanza look Alfred. But to me, they call that the no low and loose. Alfred than, <laughs> low and loose. It, there's no better Alfred than Michael Caine. There's no better Jim Gordon than Gary Oldman. But Zoe Kravitz and Ro- this, this is no longer Robert Pattinson. This is Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. This is. This is Rob Bat Bat and Bat. That is it. <laughs> bat and Bat. I, I I have to respectfully disagree on a couple things you said. Go ahead. Um, honestly, looking back and thinking about it more and more since I saw it on Saturday, Jeffrey Wright I think did an incredible job. And to me, right now, and I I, I want to watch it again, but right now he's tied with me for Gary Oldman for uh, Commissioner Gordon. He's tied. He's not beating him, but he's not losing to him either. No, he's now, not, it, 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 yeah, he. It's not that he's like below him. It's just when you look at the Batman animated series from the nineties and mm-hmm. then Gary Oldman, it's like he brought that character to life. The, no, I, the, and I get that, and, and and I don't disagree one bit. Um, but the other point that I have to actually strongly, respectfully disagree on is Alfred. Ooh, Andy Circus, really? Ooh, Sir Rebob, Jeremy fucking Irons. Oh because my God. we got really? a taste. Really, we got a taste of what Jeremy, of what Alfred really was in his heyday. He was a fucking militant, fucking badass. Well, that was all with the Michael Caine too. When he had that monologue where he I was think in, I think Jeremy Burma Irons could have been. He a had great. the monologue, but we got to see it. I think Jeremy Irons could have been a great uh, Alfred for uh, Pattinson. To be honest, oh, one hundred percent agree. No, you're right. You know, you're you're right. I kind of rather, and now that I think of it, I kind of would have rather because as much as I love Andy Serkis, I think his motion cap acting is a lot better than seeing him on screen doing it. Doing, I his, agree, and he was a great with his claw, but he doesn't need to direct any more Venom movies, and he doesn't need to play out. <laughs> no, please God, no, please God, no, please God. And what I and what I would what I. Dave what I would say no. about those that like anybody who we say did a better job in Dark Knight than did in this, I would only say that they have the unfair advantage of having more screen time because as Dave already said, the primary character in this is Batman. So if anyone, if you didn't feel like you got enough Gordon, yeah. if you didn't feel like you got enough Alfred, if you feel like you didn't get enough Penguin, it's because it's not about them. Whereas those other films showcase more of those characters because they had a much bigger role to play. Yeah. So it's all about well, how you like your pizza. versus one standalone. Yeah, it's a, it's a pizza. Yeah. If you think a pizza is supposed to have more cheese and sauce you think a pizza supposed to have more sauce than cheese that's all your personal pr- perspective but both of these are two well-made pizzas it's just done two different ways um is what i'll go ahead and say we're nearing our three hour mark so i'm going to close this up Holy fuck. a bit yeah that's just this is what the major vicious podcast does bro so um hey what, what what's still on you guys crawl anything else you guys want to get out before we get out of here um I cannot wait for the fucking Penguin series on HBO. I cannot fucking wait. It's going to be so great. It's going to be epic, and it's going to make me love him even more. I'm supposed to hate him, but I love him. Um, I, I, I will that, say, I will say that there was a GCPD uh, show and rumors yes. of, of talks, but rumor has it most recently, uh, you know, Reeves has gone out and said that he is since that since the announcement of the GCPD show, as they talk about it and as they start to, you know, plot this thing more and more, he's seemingly more interested in doing a show about Arkham Asylum. So he might be moving Ooh, away from that. the GCPD, closer to the Arkham Asylum, possibly looking at, you know, people that we know that are locked up there now or introduction of more people in the future that could then be shown in all its beauty 
this way. It's a weird fucking marketing strategy to do the Suicide Squad and then the Peacemaker show, but it worked for them in that instance. So who knows? No, Maybe it's great. Way DC can get get their stuff off the ground. You know who knows? I got two no, points no. left to make, and then I'm done for the night. All right, Broski. What's up? I want I want fucking want Clayface. First <laughs> All off. right. Yeah. Uh, two. Um, what would you guys rate this movie uh, on a scale of ten? Because I'm giving it a nine point six. I'm gonna go flat nine only because I have big expectations for the sequel. I have huge now. Now that this is where we're starting, are you fucking kidding me? No, no Batman film has ever started <laughs> this high, this great. Not at all. None this of them. So if you're gonna make a sequel to this and this is your first. The next movie may be the best movie of all time. Like I'm close to that. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting that. <laughs> them, them some fucking big claims there, big some guy. Big, some big all words. Right. What you got, Dan? I'm 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 gonna have to go with go with Dave's on because my initial before when he first said it before he gave his score, my initial thought was nine point seven. Okay. But I'm gonna have to go with nine point six, only because there 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 is like like George said. There is only room for more. This, this, this isn't the top of the ladder. This is like the middle of. You're almost at the top of the ladder here, and I know you can go up, but you could also go down. You can right. get the Joss Whedon effect, where the Avengers was like the greatest comic book movie Joss of all time. <laughs> no, seriously, you can. You like in 2012, you're like this is the greatest movie of all time, and then in 2014, you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> like. So, like, there is high expectations, and there's a lot of moments that I could have not taken out because I'm going to be honest with you. I know two hours and fifty minute runtime. I still there there. I've thought about it for four days now. There is nothing I can take out of this movie. There's nothing I could add to this movie. I think this movie is great the way it runs, but there is moments where I'm like, why did you do this? Yeah, but it's. It, it, and it's still like George says. It still has that "is this better than Dark Knight?" question. Because it's but really again, the Dark hard. Knight. The reason why I say that is because the Dark Knight did, had all the heavy lifting done in Batman Begins, so it gets away with having to do less setup because the film before it set it up, which only but it tells still carried me, more. But that's what I'm saying. But it could carry more because it got past all the stuff that they didn't have to explain anymore. So in my opinion, that's what's going to set up for this. There'll be less setup in the next movie. We won't have to explain his suit or Alfred or Catwoman or any of that kind of stuff because we already got it. My, um, um, you know, uh, Penguin, Falcone, etc. And for so the sequel, say it's better than so it's better than Batman Begins, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, it's I would 100% say that. Blow, no, I have blow, no issue saying blows that. Blows it out the fucking water, Batman. I love, I love, I, like George said, it, uh, 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 Dave said, it's not awesome to you. And I, I get that. But for me, Batman Begins is probably one of the most underrated comic book movies I've ever seen. And as far as critics go, it's, it is truly underrated. Like it's not appreciated enough, but this movie blows out the water as far as getting your next iteration of Batman. I haven't had an iteration of Batman like this since Michael Keaton. True. Right. Now for the sequel, because Batman is established, let's go oh, ahead and sorry, bail. Bail. Let's I go ahead bail. and stray. I meant bail. Let's go ahead What's and stray up? away from in the sequels having the slow introduction to the fucking to the suit. We already know what it looks like. We know what's here. You don't need to try and surprise me. There's nothing new. It's the black bulletproof suit with the fucking 
with the fucking batarang knife situation going on in his chest, and he's got a cape and a cowl. We know what it looks like. They do that with every fucking movie and make a big production of them gearing oh, up right. to fight. You're right. We you're don't right. need even, that. Even in Batman, even in Dark Knight, when they bring yep. it, when he's in that Batcave, it comes up like if it's this big spectacle that because he right. has a new suit. And because in the in this movie he has a new suit, and it was even the same way in yeah. BVS where it, it comes out of the ground and it has to be this big spectacle that. I now in BVS we needed it because we hadn't seen it before. Well, th- true, true, but I also love how the cow looks like he sewed it on himself. Like oh, his yeah. suit is military tactical. My torso is going to take all the bullet shots in the world. Yeah. But his cow looks like he sewed it on himself. Like it has the stitching. So it has the dents by the eyes, like knuckle prints. Oh, yeah, once, so he start, once he stops being a hermit, maybe we'll get more of a streamlined look now that he's t- sleeping yeah. and shit like that. But um, well, I hope did, he sleeps more. And I hope he, I hope he takes a nap. Berries. He needs yeah. a nap. Please take he a nap. He needs more We're than all... berries in his diet. We're all... <laughs> It's not can't be good for the system. We're all getting ready to take a nap here, but it's because we are yes. satisfied with our true in-depth discussion of this film. Um, I love, like I said again, just the gritty nature, all the practical effects, keeping Batman grounded. Uh, there's been rumors that they won't be doing much crossover soon because Matt Reeves doesn't know what to do with like an alien from Krypton in his universe. So he might be. He might <laughs> Let be him stay away from it. Let him stay away. That's from what. It. That's what the I, goal I is. That's what the goal is. They're going to be keeping I, him away I from everything else for a while. This its own thing. Like, but then we're back where we're at movies. again. We're back where we're at again if he does that. Dan, yeah, but this is better. That? This is better, George. It is no, until it's over and you realize that it, it's the same again until we realize that we're back at a broken universe where no one can hang out with one another because everyone keeps doing their movies separate. And that's not my have, comics. I, I my you. comics is Batman standing well, next to You know what? Fucking the fucking Batman itself, that three-hour movie beats out the entire DCEU right now, so I don't no. want to hear it. No, so I want should... I want you all to have hope that one day Robert Battinson can have a scene with Tyler Holchin, Taylor Holchin, and they can and it can be an actual flowing, genuine scene. I or even if it's not Tyler Holchin, give me young Jordan. Give me young Jordan in a Batman suit with, with, with Robert Battinson. We'll see, but they're trying to stay away from the fantastical. So we'll see where they'll be going up next. But um, yeah, this has been a live action. They were talking about that. That might be a, a thing, but they kind of took a lot of hush for this anyway. So it's like, it's like the Joker thing. They did the Joker, but they already, we already did a domestic terrorist who sends videos in this film. So, all right. Oh, damn it. Get the Mad Hatter okay. and he just sends TikToks. That's what it is. That rhyme. Give me, <laughs> oh, that give me Man Bat. Give me, but again, not fantastical. Not fantastical. So we're going back. You know what I'm saying? You probably get his ass before you get a fucking man back. That's just where we're at right now. Damn it. So then, you know what? Then give me a goddamn movie where Zaz is the bad guy. I'll take it. I can't give you any one of. I can't give you any of that. But what I can give you is an episode of the Major Issues podcast every single Wednesday, and those things drop. Free of charge for all of our adoring audience every single Wednesday. We're over. This is be episode 220. That's over 400 episodes of content recorded in some way, shape, or form. Talking about the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. So I want to thank all of you guys for listening all the way through this. Because I know you did. You're here for the outro. So that's what you guys are. That's what you guys are sticking around for. But uh, yeah, every single episode. 
Every single episode of the Major Issues podcast is available at comicbookclick.com, which is where our merchandise lives, where our articles live, where a little bit of about us. But like I said, the biggest thing, every single episode of the podcast is there. What if you already have a podcast app and you don't want to go to the, our website to listen to the episodes? Well, guess what? We're available on every single podcast app. That's Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Apple Podcasts, TuneFind, YouTube, Spotify, Pandora. And now we're on Facebook podcast. Uh, so there's no excuses. There's there. no excuse. That's it. That's it. Once once Facebook got its podcast feature, that's it, people. There there literally is no more excuse. Listen that while Amazon, you lurk. Amazon podcast. Yeah, no, listen, no, listen no, while you I, lurk. I, you know, you're no, lurking I, Facebook. I said it listen. when it was Pandora. I said it when, when we got when we got approved for Pandora. I said there's no more excuse, but now literally the universe has literally now the universe is telling you there is no more excuse. Facebook has a podcast feature. So if you're not listening to the podcast, then you just don't want to because fate, every single person in the world uses Facebook. Everyone. So there's not one person. They're available there. My grandmother has a Facebook. My 70-year-old grandmother has a Facebook. Our presence is known. If you just Google the words, three words, Major Issues Podcast will be the first ones to pop right up because we're always talking about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. But we want you guys to join the conversation. So consider doing so by going to Facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. I've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media, but I can't tell you how we do it because it will mess up the timeline. The next thing you know, Scarlett Johansson is playing Batman and nobody wants that. So make sure that you're getting on the bandwagon before the bandwagon gets full. You're following us on social media. You're liking and telling a friend, but we do this every week free of charge. So if there's any way that you guys want to support us, I got three ways right now. You can rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't. And we can go ahead and we have a bunch of five-star, uh, uh, reviews right now but go ahead and let us know how we can improve and you can do that free of charge if you want to give us some money but get something back you can consider buying some of our merchandise at Public by hitting that shop cbc link at comicbookclick.com all of these links will also be in the episode description for this and every single episode but last but not least consider becoming a patreon at patreon.com cbc clubhouse for as little as three dollars a month ten cents a day change in your couch you could help us keep the lights on on here and afford more hardware and software to produce more content for you guys currently those who are uh subscribed to our patreon.com get our full episodes of our reactions to superman and lois and get those episodes early so those are already on youtube but the unedited versions are only for our patrons so consider three dollars a month people and uh you can get exclusive content like that but that seems to be it here. So I'm going to go ahead and bid you all farewell. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am Dan, a very happy comic book man. And I am Dave, the ball pit. Thanks for having me. Fuck around and find out. Fuck around and find out. And this has been our The Batman recap and review. And remember, whether you're vengeance, justice, or hope, a bat, a cat, a penguin, or a rata, a lot <laughs> remember that it's better to lead others into the light than to be swallowed by the darkness. And always remember that you, yes, you are worthy.